Cody Gooden. Are we going? Is that how you say it? Gooden? Yep. Good in. Good in. Dude, um, thanks for coming. Hey, you bet. And uh, you built me a buckle, <laughs> and I'm super stoked about it. And uh, it seems like everybody else on Instagram's pretty stoked about it. Yeah, it. Uh, yeah, I had a lot of people say stuff. <laughs> so, pretty cool. I even had, I had a couple of people like, uh, "Hey, are you giving lessons?" No, I'm not giving lessons. I'm an amateur. <laughs> but that's what's so. kind of cool about your style, though, is that it's a little rough around the edges in a world where everything is so well done and everybody's trying to be perfect about it. And, um, but you have a different sort of artisticness about you to where it's like you take, you're just a different guy in general. Um, and then you take that and then you put it with your craft and then just being a little bit rough around the edges, a little bit unfinished. And it's like perfect. And that's what I liked about it. And that's when I started seeing all the stuff that you were making. And, um, this is for me is like the first art piece i've ever had like commissioned yeah in my mind yeah and thinking from what i do and i when i contacted you about making me a buckle i was like man what would i want someone to do uh for me building them a motorcycle i'd want them to say you know how much and here's a check and do whatever you want and so that's what i did with you i said how much are you gonna charge me to build a little buckle and you told me and I sent you the money, and you're like, "What do you want?" And I was like, "I want you to do whatever you want." Yeah. Like, don't, don't. I'm not gonna tell you anything to do, and I don't want to see it. I don't want to see the progress photos. I just want to see it when it's finished. Yeah. And I appreciated that you did that. I appreciate everybody that does that, uh, because I do have several people that are like, "Here's my idea. Run with this. Like, do what you do." So, but I have. Uh, I have had a lot of compliments and a lot of people say, hey, I like your stuff. It's not perfect. It's a little rough around the edges, but I like that because it makes it unique. So I've kind of went with that. Isn't that kind of what I feel like that's what people are seeking out more because with everything being so commodified now and everything being so cheap and easy to get a hold of, when you do find somebody whose aesthetic you like, you want that that human characteristic about it. Mm-hmm. Like it's how you can tell if a knife is made by a machine or a man, as you look at, you know, you look at the bottom of the blade and from the, from the blade side. And if, if the bevels aren't perfect, you know, like somebody did that on a grinder, yeah. it's not just a machine doing it. And I think people are starting to appreciate that more. It, it means more. It means more to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. And you, <clears throat> I think some people, I, don't get me wrong they probably appreciate what you build for them but they don't know the time or the effort that went into this or mm-hmm. what you had to think to do this and like the guy that taught me how to do all this he's kind of one of those people like he was always on me or riding my ass about hey like use your head use your head use your head you know like just like that one i mean not gonna lie to you i fucking filed on the inside of that fucking thing for a little while so i believe it like but i will i am known to get lost on the grinder mm-hmm. <laughs> uh i have tons of shirts with uh burn holes from the grinder on them so yeah like kind of for people yeah. listening too, like this is unique <laughs> as hell this is a belt buckle looks like an old tv set with a bucking horse and rider <laughs> in the tv set 
with a spring on it, so yeah. it jiggles around. <laughs> it's and, crazy. It's so cool. And uh, he, you just posted on Instagram. Are, is your Instagram private or is it public? Uh, I think it's public. I think. Okay. I've, and what's the Instagram handle? It's, I don't. Know, it's just Cody Gooden with, with a, a K. K. Yeah, K. With yeah, a, uh, yeah. And it's the last buckle he posted. Yeah, Luke's description is good. Like y- you'll I, see it. Yeah, Maddie was uh, my girlfriend. Was like, "Are you gonna put a caption on it?" And I'm like, "I don't. What do you What do you want me to put? Uh, <laughs> that subtitles on the TV. <laughs> here's a buck and horse buckle. Like, <laughs> like I made me and her laughed about it all the way here. Like we were laughing about it, but I I didn't feel like I needed to. I don't caption a lot of things, and I'm not super into technology really i would have a flip phone if if uh if i if i could i'm sure i can get one but i'm probably too tight i don't want to spend the money but yeah your your phone's yeah. all cracked yeah. the screen's all messed yeah, up i can't hardly see anything on it and uh i i do like uh I, my girlfriend gets on to me about it but uh she has no room to talk because i bet she still has the first dollar she ever made <laughs> so <laughs> she she's tighter than Dick's hat band. So, uh, I, I I let her do it, and, I, and going into the deal, I was like, "Ah, this will be good. I can just give her money and let her manage my money." Fuck, she'll yeah, it's perfect. That's so. that's the deal right there. Yeah. yeah, but no, I I think um, just the and I don't know how how your stuff is <laughs> just slightly imperfect. In my mind, brings more value to it. Yeah, it's more unique. It's it's. I don't know, man. It's just part of your. It's your style. You have your own style, whether you realize it mm-hmm. or not, and it just came naturally. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't happen all the time because there's so many people out there that are extremely good craftsmen, but you can't tell their stuff from the next hundred guys. Exactly. You know, yeah. and it could be built way better or whatever. Um, not saying your stuff is not, but there's just there's just an element of how you do things that's different than anybody else that I've seen. And that's why I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta get this. I gotta get something, and I gotta get something that, that, that you do that you, you know, that you want to do without any restrictions. And so, I don't know. I, I think for me, like, for the first time, I got to be on the other side of things. Yeah. When, uh, when you know, I'm used to creating something for someone and trying to figure out what they're gonna like, also, but also build something that I'm gonna like, that I'm gonna be yeah. proud of, you know. And so I got to be on the other side of that, and uh, it, it made me more happy than I thought it would, to be honest. It, it, like, and uh, going into the deal, I did not. I was just like, I thought and thought because I'm the type of person I might not build anything for a couple of days, but I will stew on this thing like a crock pot for mm-hmm. days and days and days and think about it. Or I will think about something and then go home and engrave it and be like, all right that's that's okay or i like that or something but uh you being you and me knowing you a little bit and as far as the motorcycles and all that stuff i'm like okay if i'm gonna build him something i have to build something with some mechanics (laughs) because everybody appreciates mechanics and i'm like okay yeah so yeah i was in the hardware store flipping springs for a couple hours trying to figure out what the weight and then i'm like oh am i gonna have to offset it am i gonna have to do this like i looked at all the engineering going into the deal so it worked out and it it actually uh so to put the bucking horse and the spring it actually took five hands but uh i had a lot of scrap metal sitting around so i just set it on top of it and it balanced out and here's my torch and uh 
cigarette ashes and fucking everything else going on with yeah. it. So worked out. I know how that goes, man. I, there's there's so many times I need a third or fourth arm, and you just got to figure it out. Just got to go with it. Yeah, it's it, kind of the whole point of all that, right? Is like, if you're gonna get something made, why would you try to express what you want? Like, you're picking an artist, you're not picking the thing. You're you're saying, hey, take this what you do and make the version of it you see fit for me. Yeah. That's the whole point. That's yeah. like telling Picasso to put less blue in his painting. That yeah. doesn't make any sense. Yeah, if you want something custom, you know, go go to somebody who's already doing stuff that you you really like. Yeah, you pick the artist, not the right. thing. Yeah, pick and the artist, not the you thing. You have them make what they make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just more special, man. It's like to me, like th- this really is like the first art piece, in in my opinion, that I've ever bought. You know. Yeah, and I <clears throat> once I got it all together, I was like. God, this is definitely just a going to town buckle. <laughs> Don't, like, I, I feel like this thing could be damaged, but it might, it might, it, like. Luckily, I, I live it. I yeah. live in town, so <laughs> it might make it through Katrina. Like, no, no telling what. Yeah. It, I, I see. I see you all the time, and you, you run into people that I know, and I'm like, whoa, fuck. like, yeah, hey, like, yeah. I talked to Ricky the other day, and he was. Yeah, I met that guy. Cool guy, super cool guy. You know, he's down at Keith's place. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's cool that you connect with those people that I know, and it's it's a cool deal. Uh, yeah, it's I appreciate a, it. It's a it's a it's a small community that's spread out, and that's the thing about Instagram. It really helps to, uh, you know, all all you guys I've, I've met on Instagram before I met you in person, mm-hmm. and then I meet you guys in person better than Instagram. Oh, and, yeah. and you build these great relationships, but uh, same thing with Ricky, you know, it's like we connected on Instagram and then, you know, run into him at Keith's place and it's like, shoot, it's so, it's such a great tool to be able to connect with the smaller community when you guys are spread out and, and um, be able to run each other, run into each other or, or go to the same events mm-hmm. or whatnot. But there ain't no point to me rambling on that. But um, how did you get into doing uh this kind of metal works bits and spurs and uh, buckles so i like to go to the grocery store and i uh i do walk the aisles like a zombie and whatever i think i need or one i throw in nine times out of ten i usually go in there hungry as shit so everything looks great and uh i used to bump into this guy in the grocery store and he would talk to me like he knew me like I think we we had a lot of mutual friends, so uh, like, you know, hey, how's it going? You know, we'd bullshit about whatever. And uh, I asked somebody one time, I was like, hey, you know this guy? And they were like, yeah, 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 that's BJ Wright. And I'm like, okay, like, what does he do? And they're like, oh, he's badass saddle mill, badass saddle maker, you know? Like, really? And they're like, but he does do silver work, but he does not flaunt it he doesn't tell very many people kind of does his own thing and uh so i seen him again in the grocery store and uh i said hey man i, I i'm kind of artistic like i know how to draw and I, I never did my schoolwork. uh just <laughs> drew uh old 56 bel airs and shit like that 57s and stuff like that like i always drew uh you know portraits of girls or something in my class or just something to look at and 
I was like, man, I want to really try this. And he was like, yeah, fuck yeah, just come over to my shop. So he gives me his address, whatever, we connect or whatever. So I go over there, and he's working on a pair of spurs. And he was like, so what do you want to build? And I was like, I don't know. I want to build like a little headstall buckle or something like that, you know. He was like, all right, here's the metal. Here's the chalk. Here's the pencil. Uh, there's the grinder. There's this. Like, he's just telling me where everything is. He's, you know, and I, I'm over here looking for some guidance. Like, what the <laughs> fuck do I need to do now, you know? And mm -hmm. he's pretty much uh, telling me over my shoulder or over his shoulder what to do. So I'm over here on the grinder for a little while. I'm taking a long time. I see him glance over there, stare at me, whatever. Well, I get done with this little headstall buckle, and he looks at it looks at me, looks at the buckle, and he was like, yeah, you should probably stick with this, is what he told me. So I thought, you know what, for somebody that is, and I'd seen some of his some of his work, but I didn't really understand how good he was until I was in his shop and seen some shit he had setting around, and I'm like, holy shit, how did that guy do that? Or mm. how did he grind that into that like it, i was just beside myself about it and i wanted to know more and i wanted to know how to do it and it was like but uh the guy is a great teacher he he probably doesn't think he's a great teacher but he's a great teacher to me because i've been around some other people that have tried to show me shit and they start doing it and then they just get lost in what they're doing and they don't tell me anything mm -hmm. but that's fine i like i learned more from him watching I didn't engrave for a long time. Uh, I used to just watch him engrave. And that's kind of how I learned how to do it. And I was at his shop one day and he wasn't there. And I was like, fuck it, I'm going to try this. Like, you know, I tried to engrave a long time ago. A buddy of mine, Ladden Ledbetter, he's really good at engraving. And I tried to engrave at his shop one time and I'm like, shit, I can draw. I can do this, you know? Yeah, it looked like. Uh, it looked like a mad girlfriend keyed your car. It looked like nothing. And uh, so I never tried it again after that. And then I just watched him over and over in grave. And I'm like, okay, I can try this. He wasn't there one day. I was like, fuck it, I'm doing it. So I tried it. And it was a few scratches here and there. And it looked all right. And I'm like, all right, I really probably should try this. So I rolled with it then. And uh, that guy's helped me a lot. He still helps me a lot. We we're We're really good friends. Like, I could call him right now and just bullshit. Like, we can talk about anything. We have breakfast every morning. We eat breakfast every morning. We have coffee every morning. Like, we're friends. I could, I mean, he just, that guy inspired me and showed me so much and still shows me so much in it. Now, uh, he asked my opinion now on some things. So oh, that's it cool. kind of makes me really, like, appreciate it and maybe, like, it's been some months back, but I did tell him and say, Hey, you know, like I thank you for everything that you ever showed me. You were like, you're my fucking hero, man. You build some shit and you don't tell anybody about it and you don't even care. <laughs> so it's kind of that type of, he's super humbling kind of deal. Like the way he is about his silver work, he, he really doesn't do it a whole lot, but when he builds something, he's going to sell it really quick and, it's going to look really, really cool, and somebody's going to appreciate it. So, And that's that's pretty much how you are with it. I mean, it's not your main source of income. Yeah, yeah it, uh, I don't know. I, I've, He tells me all the time, he's like, don't take any order. Just build shit you want to build and sell it. And I'm like, 
it's hard when you have somebody saying, "Hey, man, here's fucking eight hundred, or here's a thousand for a set of spurs." Like, build me what I want. I'm like, God, it's money right there. But mm-hmm. you know, it's I don't know. It depends on uh, what day of the week it is, I guess. When yeah. I want to do it. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of one of those deals. And that's that's kind of how like or how are you approaching uh, this kind of work? Mm, I don't know that I really have an approach. I just. Well, you you don't you don't have an approach in mind, but there is there is an approach or there is a way you're doing it. Yeah, I I mean I usually just have a lot of people contact me, and uh, they're like, "Hey, do you want to build this? Do you want to build that?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm game for that." And one thing I've really it's probably stupid for me to do, but uh, I really like to look at the person I'm building it for, and I like to know those people and have a friendship with those people mm-hmm. because. Long story short, I don't really want to build anything for somebody that I don't really know. Uh, it means that much more. I mean, yeah. if you're just slinging shit to the public, there's no yeah. what's where's the art in that? Yeah, and it's exactly. like your mentor, buddy. It's yeah. like I'd have to imagine that he gets just as much out of it as you do by being sort of a mentor to somebody. Mm-hmm. Just like I'm sure you'll be someday to oh, yeah. somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he pushes me. Just I mean. Just like that buckle right there, I kind of told him what I wanted to do, and he's like, oh, fuck, you can do that, you can do that. Like, mm-hmm. made it like it was a walk in the park, and I'm like, okay, you're trying to connect a spring that's going to bounce around with a bucket yeah, horse you know, on it. in the back it, of his head, too. Like, he's yeah. like, I don't know how he's going to do that, but I just give him encouragement, and he'll he, figure it out. Yeah, and, and, and you have does. a buckle on top of a buckle, basically. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like double layered. Yeah. But see, that's the thing. It's like, when you build some weird stuff like this... And and at first you're you're a little concerned by it. how am I going to do it this that and the other. It makes the next thing that much easier. You've already you, that's another step up. Easier or harder because I feel like a uh, I feel like a musician. Like yeah, you dropped a badass album, but now you got to come up with something better. Right. So, yeah. But you you yeah. you you, you kind of crack the code in your head mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. You know, to where it's like all right, maybe the next thing you're going to build is going to be more difficult. But your head's already there, and you know that you're able to do it. And I guarantee you, if you built this thing again, it'd be twice as good in in the approach and like how you're able to. You're prepared for it. You're prepared for yeah. it, you know, and you 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 kind of figure out the methods. Yeah. Like that's me with my work. It's like all these methods and ways I figured out how to do things is because, you know, I did it once, and then I the second time I did it, I learned so much from the first time. You know, it's just like practicing you're going to get better and better if you stick with it and don't give up. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I get, oh, God. I've fucking karate chopped some shit. I've threw lots of tools. Oh, same. You know, you're going to do it, but thank God for Marlboros. (laughs) (laughs) That's a whole whole process. Yeah. It's like doing something that in your mind you think you want to do and bring to life like that's the whole point yeah. that's that's what it is yeah it it's if someone's take... already done it before then how cool can it be exactly yeah so how did you um i mean man you've done you've done so much stuff but tell me a little bit about how you were uh how you were raised how you grew up where you grew up <clears throat> uh i was born in oklahoma don't hold it against me i got here <laughs> as quick as i could uh my mom's side of the family, they're real big in the cutting horse deal. And uh used to come spend some summers at my Uncle Ronnie Rice's and my Aunt Teresa Rice. And I had two wild cousins. 
their children that were a little older than me, but they were a little more uh, advanced and a little more experienced than me at so everything. Ri- I hate to interrupt, but the rice is, is do you know Sonny Rice? Yep, that is my great uncle. Yep. Okay. okay. See, I grew up around yep. Sonny. There you go. So my family is a whole like cowboy church yep. world. Yep. Okay. And, uh, yeah. That's cool. I yeah, just I Sonny, just connected uh, those two dots. I, I've heard some really, really good stories about Sonny. And I appreciate Sonny. And I called Sonny one time about the first time I had my very first relationship, maybe when I was about 14. And uh, I called Sonny and <laughs> told him about it. And he said, uh, let me tell you something, son. He said, you know how to get over one? I said, no, sir. He said, get under one. <laughs> So that's a good fourteen year old. That was it. <laughs> by, that was it. Yeah. By a cowboy preacher. Yeah, learned a lot at fourteen. So oh, what uh, a hoot, man. He is a hoot. Oh God. So I'm not even gonna go into some other ones. I have some great ones. But oh, uh, went to Ronnie's. I used to go there for the summer. Ride horses. I loved riding horses. Uh lots of good horses. Cattle, everything. Uh started going down there and then uh pretty much one summer my mom was like, We're moving down there. And I'm like, okay. I mean, I wasn't really doing anything. I was uh, maybe 11, 12 years old at the time. I was skateboarding and riding bikes. That's what I was into. I had uh, I had more bikes than fucking Walmart piled up. Like, I would <laughs> trade for anything, do anything. My dad, I learned a lot from trading and stuff like that. So, like, I knew how to trade bikes and knew how to trade a little bit. And uh, went down there and... Uh, Pretty much, uh, Ronnie rode up to me the next day and was like, here's the rules. And anybody that knows Ronnie Rice, he doesn't talk a whole lot. And uh, he said, here's the rules. Uh, I don't give a fuck if you drink, dip, smoke, fuck wild women. Uh, Just don't do any drugs. So that was kind of his rules. That was the Mm. only thing he ever really told me. (laughs) After that, it was kind of free-range parenting. Uh, Yeah, I was... uh, driving at 13 maybe yeah and i mean like i was driving before then my dad had kind of taught me how to drive a little bit but it was like there was a lot of cussing going on involved in it so (laughs) mostly just in the backing not the going forward right uh yeah i moved down there uh guy that lived across from us put on amateur rodeos bob champion and uh champion rodeo yep champion rodeo company oh, and i uh i i rode steers as a kid and junior rodeoed a little bit and then uh bob lived across the road and was like hey we're gonna buck some bulls on wednesday you know and i'm like fuck well i'll come out there and just kind of went out there to hang out and he's like you want to get on one and i'm like yeah why not I'm like i think he was surprised that i said yeah why not so uh had probably a 1200 pound hereford bull i was like fuck, i'll get on him and he did buck and turn back mm. Uh, I was, uh, I th- I think as far as a bull rider, you could probably say I was, uh, 90 points for six seconds, quite a bit. Nice. <laughs> Damn sure shoot broke a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, that, that was me. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I got put on so much stuff because they, they knew I'd hold my head together mm-hmm. in the shoot. Yeah. And so they're like, Hey, I got this young bull, you know, and I yeah. would just get smashed up in there, dude. Yeah. Them guys see these kids from a mile away. Oh yeah. yeah. Get the, they loved it. And, uh. Actually, Bob was getting bulls from another guy from Oklahoma uh, that is well-known that's raised a lot of – oh, man, he has a list as long as this rug of 
bulls that he's raised that went to the big time. Uh, his name's Charlie John Coffee. This guy pretty much took a Watusi crossed bull and bred him to a bunch of Mexican fighting cows mm. and had some bucking some bitches. Scat cat, hooter, uh, uh Big bucks. There was tons of them. Fender bender. There was tons of them that come from this guy. Uh, these bulls weren't very big, but they were mean and they had big horns and short and stocky. Yeah, right. built like yep. a barrel. Mm-hmm. Uh, got on a million of them for Charlie John, and uh, I liked getting on them. I didn't ride a whole lot of them, but uh, I got some damn good fucking wrecks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I started junior rodeoing. A uh, buddy of mine. His were you name- in East? East Texas then? Uh, That's where Sonny's we, at, we, right? We lived in Buffalo. Oh, okay. We lived in Buffalo. It's right on 45 in between uh, Centerville and Buffalo. Okay. We we called it Buffalo, but it was right in between. I actually went to school 45 minutes from there because of the side of the road I lived on. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I started junior rodeoing. Uh, met up with a kid named Colby Scroggins. He was from Palestine. He rode really good. Had a brother that rode good. Uh, and then I met another kid from College Station. His name was Cody Henley. He was five one, but this guy was seven two in real life. Yeah, he, yeah. Like, he was it, 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 he was something else. Uh, he rode bareback horses really good. This guy had a lot of natural talent. Like didn't even know how good he was. Uh, his dad owned a paint and body shop. We used to go help his dad and make money and build fence. And dad had some tiger strap cows, and uh, bought an RV at fifteen. Out of a lady's backyard, uh, some older lady, old Frank, had died, and she wanted to sell the RV. It was a Ford Econoline, mm-hmm. uh, born free, had one window in the back and a door on the side. It was, yeah, rapey as shit looking. But <laughs> uh, me and my two buddies piled in it, and we went to every fucking rodeo you could. They would, they would let us in. I, uh, we actually weren't old enough to enter, but. Uh, we would go upstairs, and uh, they would be like, "Oh, we need you to s- need your parents to sign this release form." Well, I'd, hey, you know, uh, <clears throat> my mom's in a wheelchair, but we're gonna take it down here, and uh, <laughs> we'll get her to sign it. So I would go to the RV and sign it for us all, and we'd fucking enter the rodeo. How so, old were you then? Uh, we we're probably fifteen, yeah. sixteen. Yeah. Like I think I had a hardship license. You weren't supposed to leave the county, but uh, we were going. Forty dollars in diesel would fill up both tanks in that thing so we would go all over that's awesome that's kind of uh we roamed and we did whatever we wanted and nobody we if we wanted a case of beer we would get some figure out outside the store <laughs> yeah. to, and you, he was what 15 you, you say yeah 15 okay. yeah i back in the day you could grab a random dude walking oh. out of the store Ask them to buy you beer, and, and more than half the time, they'd do it. Long story short, I worked for, uh, during the week, I worked for Bob Champion at the coal mine right there by us, and he, he I mean, fuck, I was making 800 bucks a week. I thought I'd never see another broke day working at the coal Dang. mine, you know? Yeah. And uh, some of the jobs we had at the coal mine, you would have to wear a, uh, you'd have to wear a vest or a hard hat out on by the highway or something, so I've... Uh, I wore that hard hat and vest in a few stores and bought beer on my own at oh, 15. Oh, I bet. So I bet. The Iranian guy in there never <laughs> knew what was coming. You're tough enough to mind, Cole. Yeah, you can yeah. damn sure buy five a case o'clock. of beer. Yeah, 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 5 o'clock, he just got off work. He's wanting a case of beer. So, yeah. Yep, did that a few times, and uh, we we come up with several ways to work around our uh, 
As you should. You're making adult wage. You should be able to drink yeah. your shit. Yeah, shit, 800 bucks a week. He's I being like, a shithead, no. Yeah. But, I mean, you're just, you're just putting an honest day. Yeah, yeah. That. You're riding bulls driving oh. a diesel yeah. RV. <laughs> you might as well drink Those are the beer. type of kids yeah. that these old-timers just yeah. love. They we, know were what getting they those 30, we were getting that 30-pack of Keystone some way. It didn't matter how it was going <laughs> to happen, but we yeah, were going to get it. 30 uh, rack. Yep. Started doing that, and then, uh, man, I just... Long story short, I just had a lot of fun in my days. I've... Uh, I'm not been one to sit around the house. I still like to travel. I mean, it's just part of it. There's nothing like staying in a hotel every now mm-hmm. and then. So with rodeoing, um, did you did you just stick with bulls or what else did you do? I know you did more than that. But. Man, I I kind of uh, once I figured out I kind of wanted to quit riding bulls. I'm like, God, what am I gonna do now? Uh, bought some calves off of Roy Car- Roy Carter. Uh, he had a couple calves that he'd raised and they were right there close to the house bought a couple calves uh my uncle he had uh tons of cattle to work his horses on work his cutting horses on so they were on full feed i'm like shit i can throw my bulls on full feed so my bulls got big quick and started doing that just trading a few buying a few here and there bucking them selling them hell i'd get broke i'd take them to sell barn whatever you know and then uh Met a couple guys, kind of partnered up with a few guys, and got pretty serious about it, and started raising some bulls. I sold my uh, sold my first bull for a lot of money, I guess you could say at the time, twenty thousand back then. And oh five or oh six was a lot of money for a bull, so thought I'd never see another broke day again. And, and bulls was happening back yeah, then. Right? Yeah, like that was sold beginning him, PBR sort of his heyday yeah. when it was kind of becoming the new thing. Yep, sold him to uh, Tino Martinez. Uh, Bucked him out of bull riding. A guy, Kane Patterson, that was here in Texas. This guy was had more talent than anybody. He got on him. He jerked him down, uh, split his chin, and Tino looked like a uh, narco standing next to me with his pointed toe boots and said, how much you need it? <laughs> I was a 20000 I was just being a smart ass. And he said, you bring him to my ranch. And next thing you know, he's calling me at 530 in the morning and wanting me to bring the bull to his ranch. No and shit. Give me a brown paper bag with 20000 in it. And I was... You didn't happy. ask where it come from, and yep. you just went nope. on home. I was happier than a lark, so I just rolled with it. <laughs> started trading some bulls, and uh, I like the bull deal. It's it's a little harder now. Things cost more, but uh, yeah, they, like people caught on that yeah. that was a yeah. whole different way you could make money outside of actually becoming like a competitor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's become a whole different world. Yeah, you could sit at the house and do it if you wanted to. If yeah. you had the, but with now with like Facebook and the marketplace and people buying bulls on the internet and all that. It's a lot easier now, but it just, it's easier, but everybody knows what they got. Exactly. Yeah. yeah it's like, who's outsmarting who, you know? Like, yeah. And nobody's getting much over on anybody else. No, anymore. No, it used no, to be, no, you no. could go a couple counties over another state, oh, yeah. go South, go yep. North, find out <laughs> some deals, bring them back, make money. Yep. Ain't the case. No, no. And I, I've, I've got in deep in the bull deal and then I've got out. What did you figure out about the bull deal that you didn't like? Because you were kind of you would have been at the cutting edge of that kind of that that renaissance of the bulls coming up and and becoming something worth having. Mm-hmm. Seeing what you saw, what did you see that made you kind of want to get out of it and sort of phase out of it? To my own opinion, is just dealing with people. Yeah, I'm not very good at dealing with people. Sometimes I am. Sometimes I'm not. I guess I don't know. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot to it. The feed bill, the taking them here to get them bucked, the lack of now 
uh, there's not as many bull riders as there was back then. Now you got to pay guys to get on before they were paying you to get on. So yeah. the the kids aren't as tough as they used to be. The industry sort of flipped. Not yeah. to mention the industry grassroots came from a bunch of people that were not that social yep. and weren't trying to go yep. out and travel and hit the roads and, mm-hmm. and carry stock, which is yep. expensive as it oh, is. Yeah. A lot of tires and fuel. Oh, God. So it's like it, it makes sense that it – the the torch had to almost be passed mm-hmm. to like money guys because mm-hmm. it yeah doesn't yeah. work otherwise. For, long story short, the way that I look at the bull business is like just like the PBR deal. If you want to get in the bull business, like you better have a shit ton of money and be ready to waste a lot of it because you can go buy a bull for fifty thousand dollars, but you're probably never going to see that fifty thousand again mm-hmm. unless you bred to him and he was a hell of a producer. You you might as well go buy fucking a Powerball ticket. Yeah, and the same, yeah, it's, it's the like same. the good old boys got mm-hmm. in, saw mm-hmm. something coming. Some of them made a good lick, I'm mm-hmm. sure, but then like yeah. anything, man takes it too far, and it, it's become like the racehorse game yep. or the barrel horse game. It's like how much money you got, yeah. that's what it takes to play. You got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them in that deal. Mm. And uh, I've kind of learned that a little bit. So I uh, kind of folded. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I do got some calves in the feet a lot right now, so I'm pretty excited about it. Well, you know that. the guys, I'm sure some of them yeah. guys had to break through, right? Some of the guys you come up with and, and oh, were yeah. in the fucking... Oh, yeah, there was several. I mean, I, I got, I'm got i friends with a lot of people that you would not even think, you know, like uh, a lot of older people, the older guys, like in their 60s and 70s. Like, I can call them right now. We can bullshit about whatever. Hadn't talked to them a year, but we're going to catch right back up to where we were. yeah. yeah. Uh, just from meeting them in a cool way and uh, being around them and getting to spend some time with them, like just like Charlie John, he, uh, man, that guy right there, he was my fucking superhero. There was, you could show up to his house and he had a he had a big feedlot where he kept them bulls and uh, he might have two hundred of them in there and we're just gonna run them in there and these kids are gonna get on them and I'll just start picking the ones I wanted to buy. I uh, yeah, his deal was pretty interesting. Uh, he lived outside of Idabel, Oklahoma, and it's pretty. Uh, it's in the country. Charlie John's pretty country. You, uh, you would see your his feedlot there would have two hundred bulls in it, and it was all bob wire, and it looked like Vietnam. <laughs> bob wire shit messed up and wherever there was a hole in the fence there was a cur dog tied up <laughs> and nothing was gonna get out so yeah there was a lot of paint a lot of painted bulls with a lot of big horns and they were mean as fuck oh, so man but they, they trained really easy though that was a good part about them they were so they were so mean but they were so smart so it wouldn't take you long to get them uh whipped into shape but you those bulls his bulls now, his if he had bulls now, they would not last because people wouldn't get to buck them enough. Uh-huh. Uh, his bulls, you needed to buck them every day, and they would do nothing but get better and better and better for you. Mm. You never had to brag on them. You just let them brag for you. Huh. So. That's interesting. Well, going back to what you said earlier about like kids getting on bulls aren't as tough as they used to be, and then you're talking about this guy where you said he would just run them in and mm. just shove kids on them, you know? But like you can't, I, don't, I feel like you, you can't really do that much anymore. Like people don't really want to get on stuff, like no. they used to. So how how do you uh, how do you work around that? But at the other end of it, there's some 13 year olds that'll stick it on about anything. You yep. can roll in the pins. So it's like you have some extremely good riders at a much younger age, but then you have a lot of riders that are way more picky about what they want to get on. 
Mm-hmm. Like you're saying, they're they're more used to getting paid to get on than having to pay to get on. It's so, just turned into a sport, like anything. Take it too far. Everybody's so worried about the future that all these this cost prohibitive stuff just phases people out. Like it used to be something you did on a Sunday because it was fun. Oh yeah. And now it's become such a sport. This guy's trying to stay healthy, and this guy's trying to buck bulls, so yeah. he's got to have money to be able to buck the bull, or else he can't pay his medical bill, whatever the hell it may be. Yeah, and I mean, seems to me anyway. Even back in our parents' time, everybody rode bulls. Yeah, Every, everybody got on a bull at one time. <laughs> yeah, it seemed so like you, you know. Uh, I feel like now uh, you have to go somewhere where the kids are uh, different and tougher and. Uh, Long From the looks of it, you got to go to like Brazil. Like long, that's where that that mentality still yeah springing uh, up. Long story short, you can go down to New Waverly, Texas, to Jake Kings, and there's some tough ass kids. Mm. In there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's a tough ass dude too. Yeah, yeah, you. Uh, there's a lot of tough kids down there. I've it it, it that 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 community it, mm-hmm. it 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 breathes within itself. You know. Yeah. That's the thing. If you go to a practice pen. And some guy's like, I ain't getting on that. And then the next kid right beside him was a little scared. And he's like, well, that guy said no, yeah. so I can say no now. And and it, and it just goes. But used to, it's like, you know, you didn't want to say no. Well, there's unwritten didn't wanna, you laws didn't, to it. You didn't want to get yeah. made fun of. Or yeah. you didn't yeah. want to look yeah. like you, you were scared or whatever it was. Yeah. So you just said, yes, sir. And you just threw your bull rope down on it and said, here we go. You know, and, and uh, it's... More and more now, it's like guys are more and more picky, or they get on one bull and they're like, ah, I'm good. Yeah. Even if they bucked off, it's like, what the heck? It's like, well, they turned into athletes, is what happened. Yeah, but they, but half of them, or more than half of them aren't athletes. But I'm yeah. saying in their head, in their head. Yeah. they turn yeah. into an yeah. athlete. They're worried about getting hurt, or hey, I got a rodeo this weekend. Well, yeah. Like, who cares? Most <laughs> of them just want to, <laughs> they just want to go to the bar afterwards yeah. and talk to the girls yeah. about how they just got on bulls, bulls that night. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, I always said, and, some other people always said they needed to come out with another eight seconds, so everybody want to ride bulls. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I, it seems like there's more people. I don't know. It seems like there's more people in the sport, mm-hmm. but there's there's <laughs> less people that want to go through the the hard times. Yeah, yeah they don't want to put in the work to uh, become great at the sport. Also, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, but the cowboy thing's becoming by the day more detached from the art of riding or the act of riding a bull yeah like, oh god so yeah. they're athletes they're, they used to be that these guys are working cowboys and they're yeah. on a bull on a sunday yeah. saturday and they go to the pins and, and mm-hmm. it was a it was a byproduct of what they did for a living not something they did for a living mm-hmm. yeah i i feel like now it's just like you said it's uh it's parted ways there's you have athletes and then you have cowboys and then you you know it's like like you said, it's like the working cowboys were jumping on them bulls and piddling around and like it was something having you did a for good fun because yeah, it was for like, fun. Now, here's the herd bull. Let's hop on them and see what happens. Yeah, these kids are dead serious about it now. Some uh, some of them, but like you said, there is the ones that are like, well, you just won't tell my old girl over here I got on a bull. But you do have the kids, and uh, you can uh, you can see it really clearly. Uh, I know when I've went down to Jake several times, I've seen the kids that really stuck out. You know, I. Not too long ago, I went down there and took some three-year-olds. Never been bucked with riders. Uh, they were kind of shoe broke. And uh kid got on. I, w- I was watching this one kid. This kid, he rode really good, but he didn't even know how good he was. And uh, he got on one. He got on several, and then one stepped on him a little bit, and I thought, oh, he's done with, you know. Wasn't going to say anything, and I still had probably seven or eight more to buck. And I said, are you good? And he said, yeah, I'm good, blah, blah, blah. And then he kind of looked at me kind of weird because I'm 
still waiting for him to say exactly what he's going to say or complete his sentence, you know, and I'm looking at him and he goes, yeah, fuck it. Run me some more in there. This kid's like 16 or 17 years go, old. And I'm like, there you go. That's, that's the spirit. You yeah. know, like, I bet mm-hmm. you go back, you go up his lineage. I bet his dad's a dirty, rotten, yep. tough yep. bastard. This kid did not, this kid didn't even know how, I still don't know that this kid knows how good he is. And, uh, I, uh, I've seen the kid since then, some seen him since then at some pro rodeos and, uh, went to a little amateur deal to bucks and bulls one night and he was there real quiet kid real humble and uh he come and asked me about a bull and i said man that bull's real good but he's gonna squat a little bit in the front end you know i said but if you can get out on him you'll win the deal all right that's all he said get there uh come to him pulls his rope i flanked the bull bull squats a little bit this kid this bull is squatting on his front end this kid turns around and looks at me dead in the face and he goes do you got your hot shot and i was like yeah (laughs) So I hand him my handheld hot shot. He hot shots this bull in the neck twice. This bull pops up. When he pops up, he hands the hot shot back to me and nods his head, and he's 86 and a half. <laughs> Rode him both ways in the rodeo, Shoot. and I'm like, I don't know who this kid See, is, but I'll, I like him. <laughs> I'll, I'll take him squatting, though, too. Mm-hmm. And, and like, my dad kind of put that in my head as well. He's like, hey, like, you know, they're squatting when they open the gate. They got to get up underneath you yeah. to get out. That, so you're already beating them out. There's going to be a little uh, bit less power than moving out. Oh, yeah. That was the old timers all the time. They're like, oh, you are. Take him laying down. You got yeah, to take him as you they come. Yeah. They, and I've done yeah. it fine. I saw, shoot, I saw a bronc rider do it the other day. But um, <laughs> I've never seen a bronc rider do that before, mm-hmm. but this guy did it. Yeah. And, uh, but man, now you come in there and these guys, they, and my dad was kind of old school, like, they he used a little rosin on his rope just mm-hmm. enough for where it wouldn't slip through his hand but that mm-hmm. was it he yeah. wasn't burning it mm-hmm. these kids are out there with <laughs> torches tucked in their chaps like they're, they're already sitting there two hours before the perf yeah. rubbing their rope yeah. and then they get in there and it, it's this shit's so sticky and 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 from the bullfighting perspective i mean these kids are just getting hung up on everything but anyway not to get down to that but you know, these bulls will be squatting. These kids will be sitting there forever, taking forever in the shoots, like it's going to be a million-dollar bull ride, mm-hmm. you know, burning their rope, torching their rope, doing all this crazy stuff. And then, you know, these bulls, some of them don't sit that well in there, and they're still not – they're not adjusting how they do their job according to the bull. They're doing everything how they're going to do it, mm-hmm. and if this bull is good in the shoot or not, they're going to continue, and then they just – make the situation worse yeah. this bull's getting more antsy more frustrated and now it's laying down as soon as it lay down oh now i need to redo my rope need to do this do that and 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 it's just so frustrating to see that and at the practice pin of all things too it's like well dude it doesn't matter if you know i know you want to get practice in but if you get bucked off it's no big deal you paid 10 bucks to get on this bull they got plenty more back there yeah, yeah. they got plenty more <laughs> and it's it's like just Rap, take a rap and nod your head dude and and they'll take forever and and um and a lot of these guys most of them they won't take it take it when the bull's squatting down and uh and every time it squats down they want to redo the rope and all this and then they spend 10 minutes in the shoot and they buck off in two seconds yeah. and i just i see that all the time and for me it's so frustrating and especially when i was doing a little bit of fighting because i'm sitting there and like i like i'm ready i'm ready and then no, 
restart. As soon as you relax, they're nodding. Yeah, and, and yeah. it's, I mean, which I should be more relaxed. I mean, I was an amateur <laughs> at it, so like, you know, of course I was wound up either way. But um, I, I don't know, I just, it just wasn't, when I was getting on, it was always the dudes from like the 80s and the 90s that were teaching me how to ride. Yeah. And it was like, hurry up. And, you know, if you didn't hurry up, like the stock contractor is going to be cussing you out. Yeah, that's you know? when it was different. There was different motivating factors. Like that was like, hey, we're trying to put on a show. I don't yeah. give a shit how you mm-hmm. ride this bowl. Like we got to get out. We got a performance to put on. And it's it, like a different mentality. Now dude, it's switched to the athlete has yeah, all. It's dude. like anything, man. It's like. They've just, they become precious. They become this thing where they think everything revolves around them versus the other way around. And like, this guy's trying to put on a show. It's yeah. not you, whether or not you yeah. ride this thing. It's this yeah. guy's trying to sell tickets to, to, to be able to pay to go down the road. And I probably said this before, but I think it applies to a lot of different lifestyles. I think Johnny Cash said it, and it was about country music, but it was about how the lifestyle was what drove the music. And now the, the, music drives a lifestyle yeah and i feel yeah. like that's what happens that's how with... it is with Bora, and i think too right yeah back like i mean 70s 80s early 90s uh the shoots were made of wood and the men were made of steel like yeah they didn't care yeah. back then and it was it's no cool vest, to look... no yeah, yeah it's, it's better cool than digging back, ditches yeah. and they didn't give a shit yeah. this is way better than digging a ditch yeah. oh yeah whatever Never it is another broke day you yeah. won the bull riding yeah you know, but the so. bulls too oh, i mean God. the bulls you know there were some rank ones in there but but the stuff that is out there now. Oh God! I mean, yeah, I was that, at, I was that at is the, another fact. I was at the stockyards the other day. I, I got on the stockyards over mm-hmm. Thanksgiving because mm-hmm. I was up there. I was like, shoot, I'll go get on a ranch bronc. And um, I watched the bull riding, and and these guys were trying them, and they were starting them good. Mm-hmm. Like these these you could tell these guys knew how to ride bulls, but I mean they were getting slammed, and these bulls were yep. rank. And this is an open rodeo. Yeah, it's uh yeah the. The bulls are, I mean, I remember watching the PBR when I was a kid, and I'm like, God, the bull's so bucky. And now I look back and I look at an average 21-and-a-half-point bull, and I'm like, that bull was better than the bull that I seen back in the 90s that they were 94 points Yeah, on. that's but, a factor, too. I mean, it's just like with anything, you got a lot of people involved in it. Well, once money gets involved, like and, once and, you start incentivizing yes. something, that's what people yeah. are going to get really good at, it's and they like get good building, on the bull side. It's like building anything. It can always be better, but they're taking it to – I mean, there's embryo transfer. There's clones. There's – I mean, there's – Well, but, once there's money in it, forget about yeah, it. Yeah. It's going to the moon. Exactly, and the breeding's all behind it. It's just putting the right card with the right card is pretty much on that deal, and I've seen – man, I've seen a lot of ranked bulls and a lot That's of ranked calves and, like, everything. why it's hard to uh, – for, like, new – fans or whatever mm-hmm. to to like see a bull riding right like for you to see a bull from the 90s and to see one today it's like night and day and you can appreciate the hell out of it as like a fan who's who's kind of come up in it but to this be introduced to it today and to see the standard that just is set in the bar and to think how yeah. what it's going to be in 10 20 years it's insane crazy and then like now i've no like i've been around been to a lot of pro rodeos and stuff like that and now they're like they're uh, they're wanting people to put their bulls in there that they can stay on, you know, because they want them to ride one. Or, yeah, it's become half the shows. Show. Like, yeah, make like, sure that yeah, somebody rides yeah, something yeah. so that put it old, looks good for put the hometown. Put an old duck in there so old boy will be <laughs> yeah. 84 points and 
like the crowd. That's cheer, what a lot of these Emmy rodeos so, have turned yeah, into is yeah. like, make sure somebody covers. Yeah. Yeah. Because these bulls are getting crazy. Bring your rideable, rider friendly, as they would say, bulls. Honestly, yeah. that's, that's, in my opinion, that's why there's so much more ranch bronc riding mm-hmm. at these open pro rodeos mm-hmm. is because. They they just want to see more stuff get rid. Well, they want to see like, like a one like a like a like a fight like like a somebody off somebody with whatever skill set have like a genuine sort of experience in the arena versus like a professional on both sides yeah. having experience because you can't appreciate how good somebody rides a bareback course. You watch mm-hmm. the NFR, you would think nobody gets bucked off. It just doesn't happen because these guys are so goddamn good. Mm-hmm. And you just, I think. As an odd, like if you're trying to put on a show, people are wanting to see like an honest experience. Mm-hmm. They want to see sort of yeah. somebody getting a tangle and getting a mess. And because these guys have gotten so good that it's hard to even see that they're out of control for a second. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, in the way that I've always looked at rodeo when I'm there, I'm like, all right, this is a show. This is a production. It, it's like a Wild West <laughs> show back in the day. Yeah, like, that's exactly what Everything it is. has to go yeah. good, but if some shit happens, like, be That's ready what people to, want to be see. Be ready to watch yeah. a good wreck, you know. But, but if you're sitting there and there's all these people that have already been there for three hours, yeah. and this guy repulls his rope for the third oh, freaking gosh. time, I don't know how many stock contractors have come up to me and my buddies that just want to come and get on some mm-hmm. ranch broncs and thanked us and shook our hands and be like, are you coming to the next Appreciate one? It. They are yeah. texting us during the week. Are you going to be at this <laughs> rodeo this weekend? Yeah. Because, honestly, the bull riders are screwing it up for everybody. And this has come from me as a bull rider. I mean, you look, it's like I rode sheep and calves and steers and junior bulls and senior bulls and open bulls. And I was never that good, but I've been on plenty of them, yeah. right? Yeah. And it it's like they're kind of ruining the performance because used to bull riding was what held everybody through the whole performance. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing more and more people walk out during the bull riding. Yeah. I'm seeing people that have never seen bull riding in their life message me and say, "Hey, I went to this. Honestly, it it was it, it kind of let me down. Can you suggest any other rodeo for me to go to to go see bull riding?" Wow. Yeah. Because crazy. they're like it none of the guys rode. They it took forever. You know, they're there for 30 minutes to see 10 guys get on. Yeah. And um, you know, but the bronc riding, it's like we you know, we got way more to do <laughs> and to get ready. Yeah. But we, we, we get one foot in, you know, you get another foot in, you nod your head and you go. Yeah. And if the horse isn't being crazy, and he, and if the horse is being crazy, it's a pretty wild show mm-hmm. within itself. But usually we're in and out of there. And these guys, you know, getting so picky and stuff about every single thing. And sliding like, up to their rope and readjusting three or four times before nodding their but head. whatever's televised is going to be incentivized. There's way more bull riding on TV that you can watch these guys sort of be prima donnas about things and make sure the tail of their rope's up on the back of the bull. If it falls off, they they, they put it back up. Yeah. Like, it's just... Right. These are what these kids are emulating. They're emulating whatever they see. They are, yeah. So the more you see of it, the more you're going to get these sort yeah. of people out of it. And the bronc riding is not nearly as televised yeah. as bull riding. No. And it's a lot more expensive. It's a lot more intricate. There's a lot more to it. But, they're, you know, and I, and I get it, you know, these guys on TV, but, man, they're, they're riding for, you know, five figures. You know, I mean, like, when they nod their head and, and them riding or not riding, that means something. Yeah. They want to make sure their shit's right. You know, yeah. and so I, I, I get that. Um, but, you know, when when you're on an open rodeo and the most you're going to win is 800 bucks, you know, if that 500, but whatever. It's like, dude, like, just go. If you if you got talent, you, you know, here's what I tell people, too. It's like you spend all this time 
and and get too jumped on the same bull that JB Mooney will jump on with a flank rope and tennis shoes and spur yeah. and step off of on his feet. Like uh, uh, that should tell you right there that all the stuff that you're doing is kind of bullshit. Like mm-hmm. anyway, I'll get on this. I, <laughs> yeah. I can get random. We could about go it. all day about <laughs> yeah. this. Like, I, yeah. uh, I don't know. We've all we've we've been in their shoes before, so I know what it's like to yeah, take I don't your have rap a... and you know. And I was around a lot of old tougher guys that rode bulls real good. And like the only thing you want to do is get in there and nod your damn head. It didn't matter if he was laying down. It didn't matter if he was upside down. Like because that's like I was more scared. I was more scared of them than the bull. Oh god. Yeah. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, like that was your sort of north star was mm-hmm. that stock contractor. I think, yep. like, there's not e- enough of that. But there's everything no- evolves, right? Like, yeah, th- these kids aren't. They're just a product of whatever their input is. Yeah. Our input was say some tough old bastard. You try not to get yelled at. You'd rather get a cow killed by this bull than have this stock contractor yell at you. Yeah. Now it's like, I don't know. It's sort of flipped on its ear. I've gotten to where when I was at the practice pen, I I would. Because some of this stuff to get me fired up, and I, I, I'd get to where, I, you know, after the guys ride, I pick up this rope, hand it to them. Like, there's a couple of guys I, I straight up handed the rope to them, and I said, "You either want to ride bulls or you don't. And next time you get on, you better want to ride the sucker. Don't do this again." Yeah. Because here I am, coming on a Wednesday night, jumping over the top of this bull, with no insurance. <laughs> You know, yeah. li- you know, making paying my bills by working with my hands, ta- taking a risk of uh, getting hurt to to pull you out of this, you know, bull you just got too jumped on and you're stuck because you sat there and rub rosin on your rope for two hours before you got on one bull. It's like, it's like, dude, cut it out, you know, yeah. get in there, nod your head, figure it out or because I there was this one guy that would keep getting on and and I mean his rope was so damn sticky and and he he'd basically look for an out on this bull as soon as it opened the gate and and he would just get hung up almost every single time and it got to where like anytime I saw this guy get on the bull I was like oh here we go get re- get ready like I'm going to get hooked this guy gets on a bull doesn't even try to ride and I know I'm going to get hooked. Which is an interesting perspective from the bullfighter. I mean, because, because that's becoming its own world as well. I'm going to get hooked for free, yeah. by the way. Yeah. And, and, and like, you know, if best case scenario, I'm going to be sore tomorrow. Worst case scenario, you know, I, I get a fracture. I get a break. Now I can't make any money anymore. And, and But here I am. I've already come here. I've already put my vest on. And I come from those old school guys. There ain't no way I'm going to like dip out and say, oh, well, I, I got to go home now. No, I'm going to be there in that arena till the last bull is bucked because I don't want to get shamed. But then this guy who's putting me in this position isn't going to get any shame at all. No, screw that. I started like publicly like shaming these guys. Yeah. And honestly, they respected me more for it. Mm-hmm. They would come up the next week and shake my hand and like, and and some of them came up the next week and didn't get on. But you're a product because of that, I talk, right? Yeah. And you got to be that example that you want to see happening in the future because it happens in not, all the world. And I'm not near as tough of no, no, some no, of the guys that have been around. Are, you're or, the only one that can relay that message because it happened to you. But, I mean, you pointed anything agricultural, and the people that are in that world aren't what I necessarily grew up around, like these – these these guys that had this certain code, I, I don't. I feel like they're dying off pretty quickly, and it makes me real sad. Yeah, 
like these 60 plus guys who have this this way like and you mm-hmm. know as soon as you meet one that they're sure enough whatever they are and I always enjoyed spending time with them and I don't see that coming up in the same numbers as what you it was it was you saw that guy everywhere like that was the guy like that was the sale barn guy yeah. that was the guy yeah. you went and bought hay off of that hook his arm in your door and talked to you for three hours because he ain't seen anybody yeah. in two weeks and, and, and I think too like the I mean I hate to say this and I hate to be like this but the talent isn't there like it used to be I don't think people are just what do you mean by general, that people aren't as hungry like you're just people aren't starving everybody's yeah. kind of got their shit figured uh, out probably my biggest hero or my favorite bull rider or hero pretty much i know the guy on a personal level but uh i got really close with pete gay and uh, donnie was a time world champion but pete gay is a tough son of a bitch mm. <laughs> and he scares mm-hmm. a lot of people mm. he intimidates a lot of people and pete was like me and pete just we connected like he pulled out his flip phone and took my phone number the first time I met him. And next thing you know, I went with him the next weekend to a PBR. And Well, those guys know, they know when they see something that they know. And if he is that way, then imagine what made him that way. Yeah. And it just keeps getting diluted yeah. a little more by generation. Just a dirty, tough son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. like, I've seen this guy get his fucking hand mashed, and he just like looked at his hand like something was... Like it was detached like, from his body. Yeah, why are you being like this, man? Like, <laughs> uh, it's just a dirty, tough son bitch. He pulled like, a gun and put it to, up oh, his yeah. hand and said, you better work, bitch. <laughs> yeah, and the, and the pictures I've seen of him and, like, I have I, like, I got really close with him and we got to talk about, like, I asked that guy some shit that I'd wanted to ask him. Like, you know, I asked him the first, I was like, Pete, the first time you ever spurred a rank bull, like, what was that like? And he said, well, I, it was a different feeling, but uh, every bull I got on after that, I tried to repeat that feeling. Uh. So that guy, and he, I mean, he was just, a, like, I seen pictures, uh, didn't wear any leggings, uh, mm-hmm. no leggings, like not even at the NFR or anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got at Fort Worth one time, I'll never forget it. We were outside the office at Fort Worth at the Will Rogers, and uh, Pete, me and Pete were standing there, and this guy just walks up to Pete, and he, Pete kind of knew him and was talking to him, and the guy said, Pete, how come you didn't wear any leggings, you know, when you rodeoed? And if you know Pete, when you ask him something, he's going to stand there for, there's going to be a moment of silence for three or four seconds where he doesn't say anything and he just stares at you awkwardly. And uh, because he's he's processing what you're asking. And Mm -hmm. then he stares at the guy and he goes, well, uh, there wasn't no brush in the arena. <laughs> yeah, that was his. That was that was response. like a that was like a seventies sort yeah, of thing yeah. where yeah. you would do that to accentuate how much flash and how much leg yeah. movement you had. It wasn't yeah. for any reason, but that. So those guys before that mm-hmm. were just doing it. Yeah, and because uh, they were they were like they were making fun of Larry Mahan when he came in. You know, right, like those yeah. guys were the ones Bobby that were Del like Vecchio had all the giving Larry Mahan a hard yeah. time. Yeah, the, the but, cultural thing, but behind like the gear and and chaps and stuff like that is so wild you, you see them the mexican bull riders and stuff <laughs> yeah. and they have the wildest chaps dude oh, craziest look crazy they they're not gonna they wear are crazy and they're crazy they ain't gonna wear a vest yeah. but like man they'll have like the craziest skinny jean tight fitting yeah, chaps yeah. like you ever seen with the craziest designs oh. and and it, it it's just funny how uh where all that stuff comes from and oh yeah i love the i love looking at every aspect of the whole deal like 
you know, like I, I learned a long time ago, uh, you can uh, you can learn a lot about a guy by the shape of his hat. So, you know, I was, you know, he just used to, but I I I knew I know some guys now that that can't saddle a horse that got a hat shape like yours. <laughs> yeah, because they yeah. go to a hat shaper and yeah. they tell me what's cool, give yeah. me what's cool. I don't know, and, man. There's you can always tell. I mean, you can you could tell. tell how how they walk, but I'm just saying, like, I don't know if you can even to tell by how. By, but by, I, you can tell it's sure enough. Guy who's you can talk to a guy in five minutes and know. Well, for, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But, but uh, I just I see these people now where it's like I know that they can't saddle a horse. Yeah, and th- they went to the right hat shaper, and they don't they they actually don't even really know what they're getting. They just go to somebody and they yeah. they you know here's like do it for me. And I that mean. hat shaper's like they're on this like trend of like a West Texas cowboy kind of hat shape or whatever and they throw them that and it looks badass but it's you know, also in vogue right now like that, it's it's, yeah. it's leaked into the lexicon into the style and, and this is going to go away don't get me wrong but you, you do see a lot of people imitating and appropriating sort of the look which you can tell a mile away and it's not going to last forever but if it brings people in a lifestyle sure cool if they really want to make a sure enough hand out of themselves but it i think we're dealing with that now more so than Oh, for the sure. Oh, there's yeah, there's cyclical sure. movements of it. The '70s was one. Yeah. And Larry I, Mahan's on a Wheaties box and shit. Of course, yeah, you're gonna get people. I, I remember, joining. like, I was talking to somebody about this the other day, and I was like, God, I remember when, uh, I remember when day working wasn't even cool, <laughs> and now you got kids now that are just. It's all they want to do is just day trash. Yeah. Day trash. Yeah. I'm doing this. I'm doing. Hey, that's if that's what you want to do, do it. But, I I, I mean. I grew up around a lot of cows and I learned a lot about a cow a long time ago and learned how to read one and everything else. But like, I, I remember going and working cows when I was younger and I was like, fuck this, this is fucking stupid. And then like, once I got a little older then I kind of appreciated it and mm-hmm. I was like, okay, yeah, like I can read a cow. I like this. Like, I, it's fun, you know, but now it's like, there's so many kids now. I see so many kids that are like, 12 years old and they're like posting you know instagram stories of roping yearlings and like mm-hmm. tying yearlings down and like all this like that's cool i mean I, I i'm glad that it's still going on but it's like it's cool if they're in the lifestyle for a real reason not yeah. if they're just doing it for yeah. a picture and leaving yeah. yeah you know they yeah like well that's the thing is though is like you can get some clout and you can get you can get some chicks from it. Yeah. Whereas before, you had to live out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Well, before, there was no what you girls. Did before you got on a bus. You it just, just what you did. Yeah. You just hung yeah. out with a bunch of old dudes all day, and and you weren't gonna get no poon from it. No. Now you, you can you can go kid. do it. You can go do it. You can be on Snapchat. You can get all right? these girls. People look down and their yeah. nose you, you. You can be out working cows doing day work, not making yeah. a fucking cent, and get laid. That that's like just growing up in the cutting horse deal, like. My uncle and them during when I was in school, we started during the summer. We started at two in the morning. Oh man! And I'm out there to beat the heat or something. Yeah, yeah, just to beat the heat. I'm out there helping before I go to school, and then you know, next thing you know, I'm taking a shower, getting on the bus, and going to school. And you smell like cow shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cow shit and yeah. fucking wet horse and fucking hair on me from saddling like all like. You know, I'm doing all this at two in the morning. You know, these kids know nothing about this, and my uncle's 
fucking riding 70 horses like doing some shit and this and, and he's 50 years old with a fucking six pack you yeah, know wow. so yeah. he's in shape and like he, now it's become yeah, cool yeah like, yeah like now it's well, now cool you, and I'm like, now you can I'm like, show it's cool this. now you can show it yeah. in the right light before yeah. even if you were doing it and and you were a bad motherfucker it's like you couldn't even <laughs> show that you were now there was you, no platforms. There was no platforms. <laughs> now, now you can. You can show it to the whole world, and yeah. so I, I can see why there's the attractiveness, you know, for these young guys to do it yeah. and to and to show it off. And, yeah. and like I said, it's it's good that they're continuing that that if legacy. They do. If they do, yeah. they might just be in it for a quick picture and they're out. You know, if they're in it for for a while and then they're out, it's like fine. I, I don't blame them there either because man, there ain't much future in it. In like, general, it needs help, man. It it does need yeah. youngsters to get involved yep. because. Uh, there's no money in it. I don't know that there's there's got to be some sort of a correction here to where you know everybody's got to eat. So, yeah. at what point does the does the page kind of turn to where this stuff starts being sought after again in a real way, not in like a here's who I am, here's how I feel I'm different way. It's more like we're doing this because this matches our lifestyle better, and I want to contribute to yeah. feeding I, America. Uh, I, I had Pete Gay tell me something a long time ago. Uh, somebody had asked him something about, I guess he had won. He had tied with somebody at a rodeo or something. They had to flip a coin for the buckle or the money, you know. And uh, they flipped or whatever, and he picked the money. And uh, somebody said, damn, Pete, you didn't want that buckle? He said, well, shit, you can't eat that buckle. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, gold, uh, that gold buckle or whatever the hell it was back then, that, that – that thing's not going to feed your family, yep. you know, or or you're not going to get to eat or anything off of that buckle. So I kind of took that to heart, and I'm like, there's more to life than uh, having something to show for that. Like, It's a good way. I, of, I mean, it's like uh, it's seeking, seeking contribution to the greater good yeah. over status. Yeah, yeah. That's it that that's the whole cowboy mentality to me in general was like the humility of it was exactly it, it was one of the main factors in why these guys were doing what they're doing yeah. nobody's talking about what they're doing yeah. they're just doing it and if you happen to see it cool but there's a bunch of them you can't see from the highway and, yeah. and they're out here doing it because they're trying to contribute <laughs> yeah. to yeah. feeding america i mean at yeah. the end of the day everything in agriculture is to feed america kids. it's not You're about leggings it ain't wife. about spurs yeah. it ain't about wild it's about feeding something it's yeah. it's about doing yeah. something for the greater good yeah you're feeding your kids or your wife or whatever you, well i mean just you're raising the thing that's going to feed this yeah the country as well the, right the, like there was a point behind it now yeah, it's the, become sort of like moot yeah the money is way more important than the uh than the gold buckle so well it's kind of like you know when we were talking earlier i, I just got back from italy early this morning <laughs> and um <laughs> We had a whole podcast on this <laughs> yeah, we had, before this thing even started. Yeah, yeah. Turn it back towards you, and it might not fall over. But um, that that happened in the medieval times, you know, where it's like these guys, these knights and stuff, were wearing armor to protect themselves, and then it got to where it was more ritualistic, and then it got to where they were just basically reenacting war by like jousting or diff doing different yeah. stuff, and then you know their armor got more and more and more elaborate. Yeah. You know, um, of course, they if you had elaborate armor, you were you were wealthy, oh, yeah. but like everything's engraved and it's and it's it's because no, you're not going to be out, uh, you know, in some other country for years on end fighting a war, getting dinged up. It's like, no, you were going to be going to these 
events and you know these social things and you're showing out all the time and that's that's kind of where this stuff is gone but but yeah i mean there there also is you know thinking about it too and 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 just being honest like how you're talking about the you know the buckle ain't gonna feed your family (laughs) that's right and um you know but for me like in a lot of ways i'd rather have the buckle (laughs) Because yeah. it's just it's just the legacy. It's just the things yeah. for people to talk about, and then yeah. and then uh, it it opens doors. You know, that's the other part. It's like yeah. I go into the world I am with with the custom automotive stuff, and I go somewhere, and I got a a bull riding buckle on or a yeah. bronc riding buckle yeah. on, and people start asking questions, and all of a sudden that gives you a couple legs up, being in more com- in a conversation piece in a conversation <laughs> piece, and all of a sudden you're. Ten times yeah. more interesting than the other guy, yeah. And they they remember you more more than the other person, well, yeah. Right, and it's a two sided sword, you know. I mean, but that's the world we're living in yeah. is 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 that where where social standing has more to do with like what you're contributing to the world, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. that's how it's always been, isn't it? No, because you used to have to put your head down and feed your family and figure out what you're going to do to contribute to the larger society so that you found your place. Now it's like that stuff's a given. Yeah. So now who are you socially? Yeah. And that's, yeah. I think, where the disconnect is. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, but I think it's always been that way in one way or the other. I mean, it, like just like I said, coming back from Europe, it's like, well, if you had some sort of status, if you if you were a priest, if you were a Caesar, if you were this or that and the other, you could have been the biggest piece of shit. But because you held a certain <laughs> title in society, yeah. but it you were on worth where something. The society's at in general. If we're in the middle of World War II, people could give a shit if you're a cowboy. Right. You're a man who can go over there and shoot a rifle. That's all they give a shit about. Yeah. It's very circumstantial. It's circumstantial. I think it's all about time and place. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. This is... uh... We've gone off on like some crusade. It's <laughs> <laughs> good. Cody, tell improved. us more about you. Tell uh, us, tell us the missing, the missing I don't know stage. If we... anything missing. Well, you I were just... taught. You told about uh, on your mom's side was kind of the cutting horse stuff. Yeah. What yeah. about on your dad's uh, side? My dad's side, a little bit of everything, really. Uh, shit, we ranched some cows and run some yearlings and fucking whatever made money. <laughs> yeah. Kind of the way, but uh, yeah, I kind of stuck with my mom's side of the family more than anything. Had a lot going on with Cutting Horse Steel, and it was fun. I didn't ever want to go to the shows. I didn't give a shit about all that. I, be honest with you, I kind of thought paint. Uh, I thought I, I thought cutting horses were kind of like watching paint dry. Mm. Uh, don't get don't get me wrong. I appreciate watching a good horse work and everything like that. But uh, I ain't gonna pull it up on TV. Let's go rope and choke some shit. Like, yeah, let's chase yeah. some shit. I'd rather watch. I'd rather watch dogs <laughs> out. Yeah, like who let the dogs? It out? It is one of you them know? things. It's it, yeah. I look at it as like the, it's the golf of mm-hmm. the Western community. Yeah, yeah. Cowboys win. That's my <laughs> yeah. That's my favorite deal. It's the greatest thing to say when something falls into place and everything happens the way you want it to think, like the way you want it to go. In your head, but and that's become a solely money play as well. Oh God, that's where yeah. a bunch of a bunch of guys with a lot of money need to go to and spend hobby. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I used to work at this one, you know, in the summertime and stuff, uh, uh, with a couple old, you know, eighties, nineties PRCA mm-hmm. cowboys that ran the place, but it, you know, it was some oil tycoon in Houston yeah, who needed matter. to spend a bunch of money, and it, you know, it was a painted pipe fence yep. you know badass facility in the hill country you know with a bunch of horses and yep. taking them to shows and stuff and and you know it's like 
he liked it. It was his hobby, and he needed to spend money, and he wanted his kids to not be in the city all all the time, you know. And yeah, bring, bring that them goes out back to my weekends. previous point. Like that guy found a lane. He learned how to generate some some wealth. Yep. And he hired a bunch of guys that want to ride horses. <laughs> yeah. Because they'd be hanging sheetrock if it wasn't for him. Yeah. Like that's you know like yeah. everything has to have a reason or else Picking it doesn't exist. Sticks. Yeah. yeah. And those guys, those yeah. guys didn't even really want to ride yeah. horses. They just that was all they had. That, that's all they knew. That's what I mean. But he yeah. he provided them a place where they could do that because yeah, anymore exactly. like to find a straight riding outfit is yeah. rare. Yeah. You're you're welding. <laughs> I mean you're farming. You're haying. You're if you are a riding centric outfit like you're on a rare place that everybody knows about and everybody's looking for. Yeah. No, I mean it was it was a good it was a good setup for them for sure. Yeah, you know, there's a yeah, but I did appreciate too. Like, uh, my uncles rode cutting horses, but they're they were cowboys. Yeah, my grandpa was a cowboy, and he like they said he was tough to work for, but he was the nicest guy ever when I was a kid. And uh, as long as I live, I will never forget this. Uh, he used to. Uh, my grandma Rice would, uh, at night after we ate dinner or something at their house, he would take a, uh, he would take a glass of milk and he would put either bread in it, or or if my grandma had made cornbread, he would put it in it and he would eat it, mm. just just in the milk. And I'm like, the f-? you know, here Dude, I, I'm fucking seven years old. That's eight a years great old. depression no, trick to fill your I'm belly like, and fill yeah, your I'm, like, I'm like, what's a yeah. it, finally I balls up one time and was like why do you do that you know and he looked at me straight faced and i was a little nervous i was kind of scared of that man but he looked at me and he glared a little bit and he goes i like to remember what it's like to be poor mm. so i appreciated a lot about uh, I appreciated my grandpa before, but I really appreciated my grandpa Rice after that. And then wow. I knew he was like a, a, I knew he was a Golden Glove boxer back in the day, wow, and cool. I, I knew he was pretty tough. And like, but he, uh, the whole time I was around him growing up, he always laughed and played cards with my grandma. And like they, they had a, I kind of, I, I based my relationship around that with a female because. They had a cool deal, like he chewed a box of Red Man a week or whatever it was. Like it was on top of the refrigerator. Yeah, and like, yeah. She never bitched about it. She yeah. never griped about anything, yeah. you know. And like, be tough but have fun. Exactly. Yeah. Like appreciate everything, but be tough as fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, don't. And I think that yeah. that exact mentality is what contributes to where we're at today mm-hmm. as a society. Yeah. Is that everybody alive today, for the most part, hasn't seen hard times. Oh no. No, have not. Not at all. I couldn't imagine what they went through as a in America. I yeah, say. and they got married. Fuck, they got married young, young. Like, mm-hmm. fuck, I think they had eleven, twelve, thirteen kids. However many it was, yeah. they they and my grandma never weighed over a hundred and five pounds. Wow. You know, she was a little bitty old gal, but she catfished every day in front of her house at the pond and smoked fucking cigarettes and just but those are the people they, that made they, all this yeah, possible like, yeah these i don't know that's salt of the earth that that's what i think all this conversation has been around is that's missing yeah i i was fortunate to grow up to see that like i mm. was happy to know my great-grandma and my great-grandma like my great-grandpa like everything yeah. everybody in the whole deal mm. like it was my grandpa played the guitar at night and it was like 
He yeah, could bend the strings. Like I'm like, that's holy awesome. shit! Like, but, but he ain't trying to be a musician. Exactly. He, he like, <laughs> he'd play every George Strait fucking song yeah. there was, but he just did it to do it. He, he just exactly. did it because he could do it. And like my my mom's mom, uh, she uh, she never knew how to read music, but if she heard it, she could play it. Yeah, that's just crazy. She played the, you know, she played the organ. She played the guitar. She played the mandolin. She played everything. And I was like. God, you know, maybe one day I could get that talent, but yeah, I never. Fucking, I, <laughs> I can write a song. Uh, I've sat down with my cousin before and just bullshitted around and wrote yeah. a song, but I never got the guitar. Or never learned how. I've tried. Don't get me wrong, but I'm like fuck. Well, at least I can draw out of the whole deal. If anything, yeah. I can draw you know, a cowboy roping something. So there you go. Yeah, you found your outlet. You, yeah, and you're good yeah. at it. Yeah, I'm not good. What at What you're doing is cool. I can fucking come up with some weird shit austin's (laughs) austin is this has been in like a this weekend here in austin was really cool i got to see a lot of a lot of street art i appreciate the graffiti like all the cool shit and like just to think that like i i seen a sticker last night my girlfriend was at a vintage clothing store for hours but uh <laughs> i was outside and i seen a sticker on a pole and it said linda lied <laughs> and like i'm just reading the sticker linda lied like and then i'm thinking to my head gosh damn what did linda lie about yeah like, you know it kind of throws you off and <clears throat> makes you think but like i appreciate all the street art and the great food and the people are the people are pretty cool uh nobody said yeehaw or <laughs> nobody made fun of our cowboy hat we mm-hmm. went into a place yesterday and uh, it was kind of over by the capitol i think it was called the upper upper grounds upper room upper something i don't know i don't know either really cool bar like old school really old school bar and uh i appreciate it nobody said a fucking word nobody stared at me i don't like people staring at me there's yeah. one thing i think about austin because yeah. <laughs> i'm not from here either but it's a place it's a big place where stuff's going on, but it's not out of the ordinary yeah. to see some of these real deal people come through town. Yeah. So it's not like a shock. Yeah. It ain't like walking in somewhere in the Midwest or something. I still get catcalled though around here. <laughs> yeah, well, cat call. Oh, cry me a river, Colt. Jesus Christ. Yeah, That's you know, right. but like, but I, I mean, people still stare and, and yeah. like, so we went, you know, to Italy. It's like they were staring and stuff for sure, but, um, or and they would come and talk to you, or it was or, a mustache, or whatever. I mean, that's part of it too, because they don't, they don't. Nobody over there's got mustache. Really, everybody's. Well, it's not in. Like it was just barely in here. Yeah, right. We looked at. I I remember looking at pictures of people in like the eighties, being like mullet, mustache, yeah, loser. Yeah, now everybody's doing it. Yeah. <laughs> All these kids now. Circumstantial, man. It's it, it, it is crazy, but but they're so into fashion and everything over there. If they see someone with a totally different look, they they're definitely like soaking it in because. There, there uh, a lot of the man i did there was i did not see one denim jacket and i really? saw a lot of people there was not one denim jacket everyone wore uh black jackets huh. with the down and yeah. you know how whatever you want to call those kind of patagonia the type puffy jackets. jackets puffy jackets um uh, that you would see some <laughs> denim jeans but i seen some yesterday yeah sorry. I, it, and you, i said something to my girlfriend we were walking there was like Sorry, I'm not trying. No, to go ahead, up. go ahead. There was three of these. Th- no, it was maybe four or five, like European guys. 
and they had the puffy vest and like two of them had the co- coat on you know and mm-hmm. how'd you know they're european you didn't talk to them uh, i could hear them talking before <laughs> we got there say, and they were not I can speaking spot english a european. they're hair, short their pants hair are too slicked short. back yeah. like yep hitler's grandson yeah <laughs> and uh they were talking and then like they walked by me and my girlfriend she doesn't really say much but she kind of looked at me and i was like gang gang and she was like what and i was like yeah the puffy the puffy coat gang yeah. like, like they all had the puffy coat that's everybody over there so yeah. i didn't even have to wear a cowboy hat i wore a trucker cap and mm-hmm. a denim jacket when we were in rome and i was getting stares just like more than just as much as i was wearing a cowboy hat because it was like you didn't even see that and uh god what would yeah. happen if you had in on <laughs> and what they say did they know you were american instantly uh I would I would say so. I, th- I would say th- they knew you're American. Yeah, and they knew you were from specifically Texas right away. Yeah, because that's all anybody over there like they associate mm-hmm. anything sort of that that cowboy look mm-hmm. with Texas. It that's was all they know. It, it was a lot. It was it was uh, a lot of positive interactions though too. Yeah, yeah no good interactions. Cool. But I was I would assume that that's instantly he, what they thought. But here, what's weird is like here. You can be in Austin, and you know you you walk across an intersection at night, you know, going to some bars, and they they're gonna yell out their car window, "Hey, cowboy," or whatever, yeah. or "Yeehaw," or something. Something. You know, it ha- it happened the other day. It happens a lot less here than other places, like, in my experience. Like other places in terms of cities, it, cities in Texas or cities, just cities in general, just and cities. even the West in general. Yeah, I, I would say. I mean that 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 makes sense. But then again, though. I feel like here in Austin, there are more people that are not from Texas concentrated in a so, smaller area than people than but another city. Like, but they come down here expecting to see that, like that's what they want to see on some level. Mm-hmm. So they're not as quick to to yell something out the window. I guess is what. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'm yeah. just spitballing here. I have no idea. Yeah. But Austin's been in terms of big cities. It's been. Uh, the most welcoming for like you feel out of place you look out of place but they don't necessarily always treat you out of place right. anywhere else right. they yeah. always treat you yeah. out of place yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had this happen to me yesterday we went to uh went to neiman marcus oh yeah she me and my, me and my girl so uh-huh uh she been there she, like i i mean i appreciate What's neiman Mar- is that like a it's, is that like suits and shit they got everything. It's everything. Gucci, yeah. fucking I guess it'd be kind of. It would be like a Macy's but high end, right? Something like that. It, it's it's yeah, like a department it, store but high end. But high end stuff. Yeah. Okay. But not too. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to give a hundred dollars for a pair of jeans, but right. That's normal, probably. But uh, it was funny. So she kind of like when she when she likes to shop, and I I like to shop too. I'm not going to lie, but uh, I do my shopping a little different, but. Uh, she, uh, so I kind of let her do her own thing, you know? So I'm like, Hey, uh, you know, Hey, I'm going to go over here to the men's section over here and look around. I like wearing slip on shoes and some leather bullshit, whatever. So I'm over there and this lady walks up to me and I kind of hear her talking and she's asking me if she can help me. And she has an accent and I said, Oh, I'm just browsing around, you know? And she looks at me and has a Russian accent and goes, you a real cowboy? <laughs> and I was like, well, uh, I don't live around here. That's what I told her, you know, and she just started laughing. Like she thought that was funny. So uh, that was the end of the conversation. But I just, but she appreciated it. She wasn't rude. She wasn't right. you know, was it like she, something from a foreign yeah. planet. Yeah. She looked yeah. at me like I was a goddamn yeah. alien. 
Most people, most yeah. people aren't rude. I mean, the the last no. time we went out and we went to Hotel Vegas, it, for whatever reason, y'all were a little bit ahead of me. I don't remember why. Um, we had been drinking. <laughs> no, I don't wa- fully remember this night. I'm, drinking, yeah, you, you were I'm, having a good time. You I'm were, waiting for the indicators of what night this was. <laughs> yeah, the, the last time you were here, when Caleb was here. Oh yeah, and and yeah. we recorded those songs and stuff. Yeah, and uh, anyhow, um, uh, yeah, I was walking to hotel. Y'all were already there, and I was walking, catching up to y'all, walking to hotel Vegas by myself, and these guys behind me on the sidewalk are like, "Yeah, cowboy" or something like that, mm. and. I was kind of already in a bad mood, and then I had been drinking enough just to be a little bit confrontational, you know. And I turn around, I was like, you "Cat calling the cowboy or what?" And and uh, I turn around, these two motherfuckers, they could have either one of them could have beat the shit out of me, like they were some pretty <laughs> big old dudes. And I was like, "All right, you know, here we go." And it it's like I kind of just bowed up to them. I wasn't like super rude or anything, but I just kind of bowed up to them a little bit, just kind of like, you know, because and it's like, don't you know, hey. You know, don't be demeaning. Stand don't, your ground. Yeah, yeah, stand my ground just a little bit. You know, and um, uh, uh, they uh, you know, c- kind of continued a little bit of a dialogue with me, but at the same time, kind of like took the edge off a bit. Mm-hmm. They yeah. were like, they like we, they were kind of like basically said like, we're making fun of you. We're making fun of you. We're making we're kind of calling you out, making fun of you, but at the same time, we respect you. Yeah. And so that you know, that was kind of interesting. It's just it's just interesting to take in these interactions that happen here because this city is a big ma- It's a popular city right now. Mm-hmm. So you talk to people, it's like, oh, they're from New York, they're from California, they're from Massachusetts. You know, there's not too many people that are from here in Texas, but they're here and they're living here. Yeah, and I didn't expect to meet a Russian and. Neiman Marcus, but oh yeah, she was there. You real cowboy. Can you yeah. imagine telling your great grandparents what's going on right now? Oh, just God. in general, yeah, like, oh, in the country, yeah. and yeah. and yeah. just where you're at, what the place looks like, yeah. who's here, what's yeah. going on. <laughs> it's you're, crazy. You're not like my girlfriend's parents. It was really funny, and their uh, her parents are really. I would call them old school, kind of you know, and like she just grew up in the deal where like you're not going to Austin or you're not going to New Orleans or like nothing like that, you know, and they have a big group text. And the other day she was like, we told her parents, we went to her parents' house and they were like, what are y'all doing this weekend? And she was like, Oh, we're going to Austin. And her mom just kind of like looked over the top of her. Weirs and steers. Weirs and steers. It's it's, it's weird down there or something, you know? So, uh, yesterday me and her, we had a few drinks and we were kind of day drinking a little bit. And I said, Hey, text in your parents and your in your text in your uh, group, you know, and tell them shit's getting weird down here, you know. <laughs> so she did, and I, I, don't get me wrong, it took me a little bit to talk her into it. She didn't want to do it, it but then the, uh, the best part was is the upper room or whatever you want to call that bar we were in. She's kind of artsy, so they had some like Spanish tile out front. And, like she took a picture of uh, she took a picture of her boots, you know, just like on this on the tile you know just the design of the tile so uh we go we go in there and we're kind of drinking there's a handful of people in there and uh, she was kind of bit not i won't say she was bitching but she had a pair of short socks on with the taller pair of boots and they were kind of rubbing her heels and i said well shit i'll give you my socks you know i had a pair of sperry's on i was like these are fucking boat shoes i'll go barefoot i do it all the time and uh, she's like no 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 she's kind of hard-headed and so uh <laughs> so I, I 
she was telling me no, but then uh, I went to the bathroom and in that bar, and I come back and I had my socks in my hand, and uh, she's like, "What are you doing?" And I was like, oh, "I was gonna give you my socks," and you know, I said, "I f- I figured you wanted to retake your picture out front with the tile," and she's like, "What do you mean?" I said, "Well, you can re- retake a picture of your boots out there on the tile, but I'll stand there barefooted." And look like a homeless person, you know? Mm-hmm. Then you can send it out to your parents and tell them shit's getting really weird, you know? Because we got here and, I like, I'll say funny shit, and it's not that funny to me, but she just, like, yeah, I'll look over and she's gut-busting in the car, you know? But And uh, so we, we were right here by 6th Street, wherever we were staying over here, and we went a while back to over by Lano. We went and got an Airbnb over there, and it's like, She's like, oh yeah, we're going glamping this weekend. And I'm like, the fuck is what the fuck is glamping, you know? And she's like, it's like glorified camping. We're staying in this tent, but we're it's I got all the convenience. Yeah, I got everything you need, you know. So we get here right here. We're on Sixth Street the other day, and there's some homeless people that got a hell of a fucking outfit built underneath the bridge, you know. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, they're glamping, <laughs> and she just like. Oh man, just gut buster! You know why she laughed? Because it's true. Yes, because you there people pay true. to do a homeless experience. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody said this a while back. They were like, "Yep, rednecks. They pay one hundred fifty thousand a year to live like they're poor in a camper." Like, yeah. you know. But hey, we fucking we were laughing about it. But hey, uh, props to those people. I, I mean. With the homeless people? Yes. The fun. The funniest thing is <laughs> when you see I've slept in a lot of bedrolls in a lot of fucked up places, but I'd rather sleep in a bedroll in the middle of nowhere than under a bridge. In this I guarantee town. you. Oh, guarantee if I was homeless that. anywhere, I would be just in the middle of nowhere as quick as you. Can and I'm a light thing. sleeper, so I hear a fucking uh, ants crawling. Yes, you're waking up. My girlfriend has crickets at her house outside, <laughs> and. I will get up in the middle of the night, butt-ass naked, and come across the floor and kill some crickets. <laughs> I'm not listening to Jiminy over there fucking make noises That's funny because that, that's like something you put on to go oh. to sleep. Oh, she loves it. The other night, I fought off three or four of them. Like, Jiminy. I'd kill one and come back and get in bed, and the other one would start going off and there. I was going Co- in there. So Cody the cricket killer. Yep. I, don't worry. I spray at her house every week now. Oh, <laughs> man. Killing them. That's funny. No, that's that's kind of funny. Where it's just our all our perceptions on the, how people uh, perceive, you know, cowboys or whatnot here in this town, and <clears throat> like it's it's funny because around around you guys or or other people I know, it's like uh, I wouldn't dare claim to be a cowboy, but like out here, I'm like the most cowboy motherfucker you ever met. Like that's the way I walk around and <laughs> present myself out here, because you know they don't know no difference and yeah. It, and uh, it it's it's funny how you you can leverage it in a place where, you know, it's uh, foreign. Yeah, I I think a, I think a lot to myself and don't say a lot, but like I seen the the Allen Boots deal up here in uh-huh. Austin. Like I was told Maddie yesterday, I was like, let's go this fucking Allen Boots. I want to see this thing. Like, you know, I'll check out some boots. You know, so we go in there. and don't worry, we stopped at fucking 37 stores on the way to that motherfucker, but we got there, and uh, we get in there, this thing's way bigger than what I think. Mm-hmm. Like, I seen your Instagram story, and it didn't look like that big, and we get in there, and I'm like, looking around, and I'm just kind of standing there, and Maddie's like, oh, look at these, like, she's going off, and I'm like, hey, do your thing, babe, like, yeah, props to you, go do you, boo, you know, fucking have fun. So I go over here and I'm just kind of looking around. I'm just kind of not being 
I'm not trying to be seen. I'm just kind of looking around, you mm-hmm. know, everything they got. It's kind of like car salesmen. I can't fucking stand it when they come up to you. And like, hey, can we help you? And I'm like, ah, I'm just browsing around. Like, what else do you tell them? So yeah. had a, had that happen a couple of times. And then I go over to the hat, se- hat section over there, and this guy's like, you need a hat? And I was like, no, I do not need a hat. <laughs> <laughs> and I just sat down and just, I don't know, I'm a people watcher. I like people watching. So yeah, There's a lot of people watching the do in there, man. They are yeah. in and out of that sucker. I mean, I've seen everything, every walk of life. So many hats boots. and boots pour out of that yes. place. But props to them that they put that there and that the Western lifestyle is still being... Yeah, I think they're trying to hold on to it more than anybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're but the they ones. still have to gear it for, you know, tourists. To, for tourists. Yeah, and that's good. Hey, I mean, props. To, I mean, get it while you can get it. But they got some good style. The Azalado stuff is pretty good. Yeah, I and mean, they got a lot of good styles. Yes, yeah, there was a lot of good boots in there. Don't get me wrong. I'm, yeah, I'm a sucker for some Mexican pointy toe boots. I'm <laughs> yeah. I will lean like a cholo. Fucking yeah, they're the only hang it. They're pointy toe boots. They're the only um, in terms of. Seeing what you want to see, yeah, yeah, in Austin, yeah. Where else do you go? I guess maybe I'm coming from my perspective, but like, if you want to see what you think you're going to see when you come to Texas, mm-hmm. and you, maybe not Austin's not the place. Like, if you go to Dallas or Fort Worth, I'm sure that people are expecting more. But in Austin, you do want to see some of the Western things, and they're one of the few that are holding it down on one of the busiest streets. Yes, in the city i don't really know how many other places are doing it honestly yeah i like their sign too it looked really vintage it looked well old it is school. vintage just from 77 that's hey i appreciate it but the hat store a couple stores down whoa man i took away on that one the one yeah. the, the, the I, I did not need a pheasant feather yeah, yeah. <laughs> how, much like was, how much was how much was it 37 50 <laughs> no i don't know, I don't know. <laughs> we went in there and like that was on sale yeah my girlfriend was looking around in there and the people were like hey can we help you i'm like no i'm good no, no, there no, ain't no, no, shit no, here no, you no, got today does, does, does it cost for you to talk to me <laughs> you don't got enough help <laughs> like oh man i don't know yeah they're it's, one of the few it's uh, that's my own opinion though. what's crazy no i mean it's fine props to those but in general that yeah. all these places that built these communities and are the reason these communities exist. I'm not saying Austin's that. Austin yeah. had a lot more to it than just agriculture. But a lot of these places that are agriculturally centric and were just nothing but people who raised cows yep. or cowboyed or yep. had something to do with the transportation of cows were all that was there. Yep. And now you go there and it's a damn puffy. It's a puffy jacket community that's in some mountain town that there ain't a cowboy had to be seen. Yeah. And the people that made this town possible are the ones exactly that get ostracized and pushed out by the prices. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I enjoyed, I don't know. And my girlfriend was saying that we were talking to dinner last night. She was like, I like how you can just blend in anywhere. And I'm like, I don't know about blend in, but I'm, you I'm, don't, a, you don't I'm a people watcher. It. So yeah. I like looking at everybody. But she is right. You're one of them guys. Yeah. Like I, I knew as soon as I met you that you were, you're a, you're a cowboy guy, but you also have this artistic outlet and you're good at it and i can tell right off that you're not one of these guys that's so convicted to their point of view they're willing to go see the other side of the coin and see what's going on and that's that's becoming a little bit more sort of um seen from my point of view but it used to be that was not the case no no if it didn't fit it didn't fit and you was out of here yeah i i feel like uh best described uh 
we can turn the dogs out and catch something, but we can also go to Area 51 if you want to. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, I'm into. Yeah, yeah, I watch yeah. a lot of documentaries and a lot of fucking. Yeah. My girlfriend didn't know anything about Leonard Skinner till the other night. Sadly to say, but yeah, she was talking about it. Yeah. What well, the bad part is is we were in the documentary fucking an hour into the thing, and they showed the plane crash way before, and then she understands that they were in a plane crash, and I'm like. How did you, were you not paying attention? Like, what were you, I don't know. Maybe she was making a grilled cheese. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, yeah. So, it's cool. But she did learn a little history. And then the bar we were at the other day, she knows uh, that a bunch of rock music playing. That, oh, 70. They have Pink Floyd, fucking Led Zeppelin, like a bunch of old Boston, bunch of old rock music playing, you know. And I was just look at her, and I'd be like, you know who sings this? She's like, no. And she didn't know, you know. And then I had to tell her, like, I wanted her to know. She was like, she, I could tell she was thinking to herself, like, how do you know all this? But she would never ask it. Well, so, how do you know all that? So, uh, man. Because like I can recite to you word for word certain songs. Oh, and yeah. I've heard oh, a yeah. thousand, oh, yeah. But I have no idea who sings So it. I told her, I was like, so my dad used to have a feed truck and it was only uh it was only programmed on 975 KMOD that was in Tulsa and that was the same station that Roy D Mercer is the guy that was oh, yeah. <laughs> So <laughs> so Roy D Mercer the other day yeah. so like, 975 oh, would play all these rock songs and they were like that was fucking White Snake afterwards. So mm. I like learned. I hated it, but I that was you all. You learned that was who on did there. it? Yeah. I'm feeding cows and feeding shit at fucking ten years old, eight years old, driving a. You can't scroll on Instagram or Snapchat. My old lady's the same know? way, man. She yeah. can tell you who sings what, when, Loved where, it. and the correct yeah, lyrics. I have now, no idea how she does. Oh, I can just fucking barely hear one, and I'm like, that's so and so. Fucking Leonard Skinner. That's Boston. Steve Miller band, like. Yeah. Marshall Tucker band, like I can name them all. I've never been good at that. Yeah, it's I could. Crazy. I could rarely tell you who oh sings God, it or what the name of the yeah, song is, I, but I know if I hear it, I know exactly. It. I got to recite my whole social security number to fucking remember <laughs> yeah. the last four of it. So, but yeah. I can remember that song. That song was fucking Marshall Tucker band. Roy D. Mercer, huh? What yeah. a guy. Yeah, oh my God. grew up on that <laughs> shit. Like, I did too. That guy. My was, dad used to stop it at truck stations oh. and just buy a bunch oh, of tapes, yeah. and we'd be on a cassettes. family vacation yeah. just that, listening to him jerking half inches in people's oh, asses. That guy was pissing people off a long time. <laughs> He's like, I'm gonna open awesome. a can of whoop ass on you. Yeah. He's come up before on yeah. this podcast, I think. Yeah. Like, it's a lot of people's upbringing. How big a boy are you? <laughs> like, how big? A, yeah. Bring a sack lunch and a ladder, yeah. and I'm yeah. that was yeah. that was long before the pull ups. <laughs> Saying, yeah, dude, you know, he's like the at? original troll, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, that guy made uh, me laugh. I got this. What did he say? I got this pet. Uh, what was it? A gerbil Liberace? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and his wife's was. I think he called his wife Sharon, Sharon Jean. Jean. Sharon oh, Sharon Jean. Jean. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dang, that was funny. My dad. Used, I just remember my old man just in the front, just laughing his ass <laughs> off, driving to who knows where for hours. Yeah. I, I was uh, with some with some coworkers. <laughs> Uh, we were coming from this motorcycle event and we were all driving home back here to Austin and <laughs> and uh, it, it popped in my head I was, I was talking about 
about Roy D. Mercer. Roy I, couldn't, I, Mercer. I, I couldn't remember his name, and I had to I had to Google it. I'm gonna open up a can of whoop ass on you. Search Google, that was and it. it came <laughs> up. Roy D. Mercer. I was like, oh yeah. I was like, y'all guys got to hear. I was all too. stoked. I put them on, and I was just laughing by myself. And they didn't give a shit. <laughs> they didn't really. It wasn't too funny to them, but <laughs> yeah. man, I was just cracking I up. I find it hilarious to this day. Yeah, oh. they they never understood like. To grow up in the like to grow up around that and just hear that like, oh you, fuck fuck the cake feeder, shut the truck <laughs> off like we're listening to this. <laughs> uh, he's great. So what about um, what about your 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 time out in West Texas and South Texas? Oh, and how you how'd you end up out there? Cause that was some pretty that seemed oh, pretty wild. God, it's a long story short. I ended up in South Texas and I loved it. Uh. Fell in love with the brush, catching cows, hotter than fucking young love down there during the summer. <laughs> Frio River, fucking just, I loved everything about it. Uh, I would move there tomorrow if you, maybe today if you asked. But uh, yeah, I had a good time down there. Was on a big place down there. Caught a lot of cows. Uh, you was you was hunting wards of the state or what? No, hunting. no, no. It was just for a ranch. We were just a cleanup deal. Gotcha. Just yeah, tell, tell us about that. That it, was a pretty interesting Oh, deal. God. It's crazy. Like, they'd had a lot of rain down there. So there was all these water puddles. Uh, the mesquite beans were thick. The grass was good down there. It was hard to catch these cows at first. Once it started drying up, it's a whole different deal. It, it is the largest cat and mouse game you could ever imagine. You talking just there like just you can get them to water down there, yeah. If it's dry, yeah, there would be little puddles and shit they could drink out of. They're not coming to that water trough that you mm. yeah. shut off two yeah. weeks ago. Yeah, uh, yeah. T- t- tell us about how you. I mean, the deal is that you told me about where this guy hired you. To- oh yeah, just hired me to come down there and was like, hey, we need to clean this deal up. This guy was an Angus guy. He didn't know a lot about wild cattle. Didn't know a lot about any anything really but uh <laughs> he he wanted me to run this thing like a registered cattle deal and like i'm like all right are you trying to is this your money are you trying to go poor like what are you trying to do like yeah yeah i'm feeding the fuck out of these yearlings every day like <laughs> you know I'm, the quickest way to make a million in yeah, the ranch is yeah have a exactly million when you start and the way that i grew up was like hey this ain't your feed bill so uh you would rather them say god damn they look good than god damn they look bad yeah, so yeah. i'm pouring it to them you know i didn't give a shit tiger strap cows coming out of everywhere uh hired a bunch of buddies to come down and we did chase them around for a week so and, well t- talk about how it got to the situation it was in uh long story short a guy owed a lot of guy owed another guy a lot of money mm-hmm. i'm not gonna go too deep into it but like we went down there, I went down there and lived down there for two or three years, and it was the time of my life. Like, if you've never been to South Texas, you need to go. And uh, it's, different. it's wild down there. Yes, and sure. if you think you're a really good cowboy, you're going to find out real quick who you are as a person. Really what quick. What do you mean by that? It, it will humble you. Uh, this was... is, it's a cat and mouse game. Mm. It's not as easy as you think. Mm. Yeah, you might can kick the dogs on them, but hey, those tiger strap cows in South Texas, they're smart as fuck. <laughs> I've seen them double back. I've seen them triple back. They're going to leave your shit in the dust. Wow. So be ready. And there's going to be no room to swing. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just I don't know. It's a tough deal, and that's why you liked it. Oh, it I love. Oh, I loved it. It was a fucking. It was like going to Vietnam every day. Yeah, that's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's no, a great way to put it. Then, Jesus, you had to uh, you had to start uh, outsmarting them. So once it started getting dry down there, then I started shutting some water troughs off, and uh, I'd wait before daylight with the dogs, just be setting. When they come to drink, throw the dogs on them, and they're in the pen. Here we go. But as soon as you get them in the pen, you better get the trailer backed up because they will break. They, they will kill themselves. They've never been in a pen. Mm. So got it all cleaned up. Uh, and that took you how long? Uh, probably two years. Yeah. Big so place. Somebody owes somebody money, so they were trading land on payment uh, owed? Or yeah, trading lease rights uh, or something? That person, owned, that person owed another person that I knew really well a lot of money. And... Uh, Instead of trading the money, they just traded the ranch. The whole ranch? Like the whole ranch. The whole ranch. The whole deal. But they wanted the cattle from it, or what was the deal? No, we, we wanted the cattle. Yeah, oh, we just got the okay. land. So okay. you essentially yeah. just you traded your... Yeah. The it's guy like going the, in a ranch and poker. Yeah, the guy at the cell barn was like, hey, I ain't trying to get in your business, but where are these cattle coming from? I said, the brush. So but what I are these him, cattle? <laughs> they ain't never been... So no. this guy's been neglecting them for years, and they're just oh, been wild yeah. cattle eight for or, years? Eight or nine years. You told me wow. the, the guy that was running that place got real old, and he yeah, just yeah. quit. The, he had got older, and the cattle just got away from wow. him. Wow. So how many head was out there by the time you figured out kind Long of Long story short, we probably took, uh, probably took roughly somewhere around two, around 200 to the cell barn, probably, and killed him. Wow. But I mean, the baddest bitches and of you was baddest hunting. bitches. You was every oh, yeah. bit hunting as much as somebody oh, yeah. with a traditional bow goes and hunts. Oh, something. I had the guy at the cell bar and asked me where they were coming from. And then I, I, I didn't, I'm like, why is he being like that? I mean, I know they're bad. The brand inspectors up his ass or something? No, no, no. They were just curious because they were tearing his shit up up there. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, <laughs> they, they'd see yeah. you pull over the trailer. They'd, they'd be like, oh, shit fuck, up. here's then, uh, Cody. <laughs> God damn it. And then, uh, we'll see. It's going to be a long day. I never went. I never went to the cell bar and I just sent them up there. So the last load we took up there, I thought, you know what? I'm going to go over and check this out. So I'm going there and have me a hamburger. You know, I'm watching the sale. I see this black cow coming there with big high horn black eared cow. And uh she the little box in front of the auctioneer, she's just hooking the fucking Thresh white paint. Hooking yeah. the white paint yeah, off that, this thing. That's just, one of mine. <laughs> I'm just watching, watching, watching. All jokes to the side, they sold ten cows past this cow because she would not leave the ring. Wow. Ready to kill a man. But it was good watching and then yeah, it, was, it was fun. Uh Caught a cow one time. She was crippled. Uh, she double backed on some dogs a couple times, and then surprisingly, we got her drove up to the pen. She was crippled. All these cows were year branded, and uh, this bitch had a '99 model brand God on her, and had a 600 pound yearling on her. What year did this have been? Uh, this was. Three, four years ago. Oh my God! Yep, she was a ninety-nine. Smooth model. mouth. Oh yeah. Six hundred oh, pound year. Looked good though. Look, looked barren, but had a six hundred pound yearling. Like homeless on her. people, they all got full head yeah. of hair. <laughs> had a six hundred pound yearling on her and a fucking brand new calf on her. Wow. Yep, crippled as shit. I kind of wow. felt bad. Did you catch a bunch of bulls out of there too? Uh, yeah. Probably, I don't know, a solid thirty or forty bulls. Wow. Wow. And th- the bad part was is I got them all caught, and then I had them in this pasture, and it was like one of the smaller pastures, quote, quote, smaller pastures, 800 acres. So I had these bulls in there, and I'm caking them, caking them, caking them, caking them. It took them 
to develop a taste for oh, it. Oh, God. It took him a long time. Like, I would damn near just run up to him and just be like, here, motherfucker, eat. Like, it would piss you off because... They didn't know what it was. The five other ones would be sitting there eating, but this other one would be standing right over there. And I'm like, even if you pulled off, because I'm all about being sneaky about pulling off from something, so I would pull off and he would still just be standing there. I'm like, Are you really? Come eat that. It took him a long time to develop, a, to know what a cake was or yeah, what feed was, you know? They wow. didn't know anything but the mesquite. So, and that was their first defense was to run to the brush. If they smelled it, would would they uh, eat it then, or would they just not even get to that point? Some of them wouldn't even get to that point. Yeah. Well, you think if you ain't ever had ice cream in your life, yeah, you look at this melty thing, you're like, I ain't eating what this is weird, that? Like, you or an egg, you're like, what is this nasty-ass thing? Yeah. I ain't eating that shit. And it was pretty cool because we had got a set of heifers, uh, bought a set of heifers that were kind of three-quarter years. And they were gentle. Come off of like a show cattle type of place. Mm. They were gentle. And I was like, hell yeah, they're nice heifers, black baldies, fucking Damn. all four months bred, big stout heifers. Like, ain't going to have to worry about, ain't going to have to worry about calving them out. They're going to have one and you're going to be setting on money. You Hunting know? for them. Uh, turned them out on a place that was probably like 1,200 acres, this spot. Caked them every day. And it was like, they would come in for cake, but they got wilder every day. <laughs> really? So the brush, the brush down there just makes them wild. I think. Really? I mean, it makes the people wild down there, dude. <laughs> I'm tell- dude, I'm telling you, I, they're just, clicky too. They won't. They, they will are. not all be together. The, I, I went down down there in, in south texas that's where I, that's where i learned how to, that's where i learned how to drink that's where i smoked weed i think i talked about this on the past podcast and i tell you what it's this it's something in the water down there where it's just wild as fuck and yeah it, uh, it's a place oh man yeah that uh talk about that too and and uh and and how that owner used to uh, that pl- place used to take yeah, you to lunch yeah and- so one of the brothers used to uh take me to lunch every wednesday in his jet uh so there the, was a there was an the airstrip old, on the place oh yeah hit the old runway and picked me up it was a pretty cool deal uh got to go to the old country club and hang out with some high uh high in houston up. yeah in so, houston so they come all the way over to west texas the south texas south texas, or south texas. Pick me up yeah yep come pick me up on a wednesday and just like Let's go eat some catfish at the country club. Like, talk about old Joe got a new nine iron. I fucking whatever. I'm just there for the beer and the shrimp. <laughs> like, I didn't, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know what to say to so these. So, what people. was that? What was there? I mean, they. Uh, it, it didn't matter if if they came and got you for lunch or not, and they knew that. So, what was their interest in picking you up? I don't know. Just to, uh, I think just they just like to talk. I guess <laughs> they were yeah. older people. Like, this guy was. Uh, 80 years old, fucking smoke cigars every day. Yeah. So, yeah, he just, uh, I don't know, phone a friend. I don't I don't know what he, like, he would kind of hit me up on a text message and be like, hey, you want to have lunch Wednesday? Yeah, fuck yeah. So I'd meet him out there on the runway, and we'd fucking fly over there to the country club and fucking bullshit about old Ted getting a new Rolls Royce or whatever. Like, <laughs> I didn't give a fuck. He was a member of high society yeah. there for an hour yeah. at a time. Yeah, yeah. That's I would interesting. be, uh, I'd be feeling good by the time I got back to the ranch. I was fucking, I was ready to catch good fucking Godzilla by then. Yeah, enough scotch drinks. And <laughs> yeah, fucking cigars. That's kind of wild. You yeah. go eat, you go eat lunch in Houston. Yeah, have you 
about the fanciest experience you can and exactly. come back and get out in the mud in the brush yeah. or something. And living yeah. like you're in the 1800s. And you're, yeah, and you're back in the brush. Yeah. yeah, that place was really cool. A lot of big rattlesnakes. I know that is. Yeah. And so then there's some Mexicans living out there yeah, working yeah. that place. A lot of Mexican, uh, not a, I, I say a lot. There's f- uh, six or seven of them that live there. Got to become really good friends with them. Uh, they had work visas. I was going back and forth. <laughs> uh, we would well, go to the horse far. races. We'd go to the horse races. Uh, I remember the first time I bought steaks down there. Uh, I bought uh, eleven T-bone steaks for thirty dollars. Wow. And uh, I'm thinking to myself the whole time, when I buy these, I'm like, fuck yeah, this is a deal. And then I get them to the house, and I'm like, oh, God, these things are probably fucking grass-fed. They're going to taste like packing peanuts. So I fucking spruced them up with some shit, and, uh, yeah, they were not uh, they were not grass-fed. They're they good. were really good T-bones. Wow. Uh, learned a lot about cooking from those guys. Mm. Uh, I knew enough Spanish to maybe get me by, but not very much. But the older, uh, one of the older guys down there, his name was Joaquin. Uh, Joaquin told me he was going to teach me Spanish because he's only going to talk to me in Spanish. Mm. So me and him would have a full-blown conversation out in front of his house over a 30-pack of Budweiser and just kind of started picking up on it a little bit. And uh, Yeah, we, I went, it, was, it seemed like I went and ate dinner with him one night. And then uh, I was over there every night after that. And we smoked cigarettes, and we played a lot of cards and hunted arrowheads and, yeah, did a lot. Learned. Speaking of that, hunting mm-hmm. arrowheads, t- tell that story about about uh, what they had found. Yeah, so uh, <clears throat> uh, Joaquin, he didn't speak English. He, uh, he comes to me, and he's hollering. Like, a lot of people used to run into the front fence of this ranch, uh illegals would run into it through their truck and or somebody else's truck. or somebody else drunk <laughs> or somebody yeah somebody they else's a, truck they yeah. steal a truck and then they don't care yeah, what they yeah, run they're through. running through the fence to get away so we would fix the fence because these cows would get out you know if these cows got on this road i don't i mean i'm sure we could catch them but it would be a damn good ping pong fucking tournament down through there through the fences and stuff yeah because we were one of the very few low fences and uh so he's calls me one day and he's going rambling on about these cops and like all this shit up there up front of the ranch and like all this and uh so i go up there and i'm thinking somebody run through the fence cop comes to me he's like yeah you're the are you the owner of this place i'm like no i'm not the owner but i take care of it blah 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 what's going on and uh the bridge inspector had inspected the bridge for that year and was coming up the bank and found a skull and spine and ribs and everything in the dirt like human yeah, yeah human yeah they're like there's a body down here and i'm like well fuck i ain't trying to see some dead guy down there like <laughs> this isn't fucking boys in the hood like y'all want to see a dead body like i didn't know what to expect so he was like no you might want to come see this so go down there and check it out and it is a uh yeah it's an old body with the arrowhead stuck in it no kidding yeah where at was uh, it like in the uh, skull no, it was stuck in his femur bone. Wow. Yeah, don't, I wanted to take it really bad. Wow. And that's the best cool. part was is all the archaeologists were all down there and they're brushing it off and like speaking their language to each other. And I'm just said, <clears throat> I said, is this cowboy or an Indian? <laughs> <laughs> and they fucking just like this. The sheriff like he laughed. He thought it was, I, I was doing it being a 
fuckhead, but that's hilarious. I had to do it, and they just all stared at me, and nobody said anything. So, so you don't know what it was? No, I don't know, but it it was really cool. Oh, I did get to see it first. Cool. But they second. would definitely be able to tell with your skull oh, shape. I, yeah, I said whether it was, it was old, like old, an Anglo old, or know? like yeah, or a Spaniard or somebody. Indian. I mean, yeah. I've heard about knows? people finding stuff in the hill yeah. country, like finding the cave with the skeleton and an arrow in it. Yeah, and you stuff never like know. that. And Damn. you know, you don't know what how much of that is true, but you know, it's got to be around. Of course, oh, people yeah. definitely died by bow and arrow. So where's all the, where's all the bodies at? Where's I just got to say that to him because uh, they all turned around at the same time and looked at me, and I just stared at them. I honestly didn't know why your question was funny because I'd asked the same shit. <laughs> I'd asked it right off. I had like, yeah. who is this? I, like you can tell by the skull. I'm sure. Like yeah. you guys are schooled. You know what you're looking at. Is this guy Spanish? Is he an Indian? Yeah. Is he Anglo? Like I had to wait because like the timing was perfect because they were brushing on. Me and then, <laughs> Everybody got really silent. I said, is this cowboy or an Indian? <laughs> and then they just like all turned at the same time. I just, I had my uh, arms crossed and I just kept a straight face the whole time. and just stared at all of them. And they and, probably thought you was some yokel. They didn't know oh, you yeah. was half joking. They were like, this fucking honyok son of a bitch down here shit. country some bitch. Oh, like, so much better yeah. than you because they know how to use brushes yeah. on bones. Uh, I didn't care. I just wanted the arrowhead, but I didn't get man, it. I'd but been, I found others. <laughs> I'd have been super curious about like what it was. Yeah. Because that, that, I don't know. There could have been something really what cool were happening you doing? there. Yeah, that exact spot. Yeah. That's cool. And so he was like under the bridge or beside the bridge? Oh, well, beside it, kind of. And yeah. and I guess you said a flood went through there. And well, kinda... in South Texas, the rain down there, like it can rain an inch, and it's like five inches. Yeah, because like, it gathers everything. From yes, else. because it's so hard the ground and it's saturated, like it stays on top. Uh, I guess the bank had washed away. A little bit from all the rain that year, um, and this guy, he just, just nobody goes down here. And he went down there and inspect the bridge and was coming back up, and there wow. it was. Wow! So that's yeah. pretty cool. That goes to show you. I mean, that area yeah. in particular, there's yeah. a lot of skeletons. That that ranch was really old school, and and that family just all of a sudden quit getting letters from their son. Oh yeah, you know what I mean? Like, Did you know like, there's something it, cool it, happened there? Dipping, uh, something dipping baths. There was like the cattle dipping baths. There was all kinds what's a, of... What's a dipping uh, So they put... the Back in the day, they used to like... They built a concrete deal. It was like a big bathtub. Like, had stairs down one side. To like warm and inoculate. Yeah, cattle. yeah, everything. Really? Rather probably than spray like, them and run them through shoot, you'd run yeah, through a dipping Yeah, run bath. them through there and they dive down in there and Not come back Not to mention up. it'd probably kill whatever's living on them yeah, if there was. But I did figure out like... So they said that the chemicals they used to use in South Texas, those dipping baths were really popular. But when they put those chemicals in there, those chemicals would drop a molecule. So then whatever you ran through there would be good. But when they come back out and a little later, they would fucking die. It would kill them. The cattle. Yep. The 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 medicine they were using or the chemicals or whatever would drop a molecule because it would get so hot. It was hot exposed out. to oxygen It or would something? get hot, yeah, and then it would kill them. So apparently that... Apparently that chemical company had to pay that ranch a whole bunch of money one time. Didn't King a bunch. Ranch invent... <clears throat> That I, I I don't not I don't, the chemical but the act the of dipping actually deal dipping I don't know is a really good idea. I do was. think it's King Ranch. Yeah, it's really cool. I they invented a bunch of look shit. into this now. You make me curious about this, but yeah, the the dipping baths deal was well. It didn't take them long to figure out it wasn't worth the shit. Yeah, huh? when all their shit was done, they went to check. Well, I don't know. Might take them a while to check it in that brush. The <laughs> they probably didn't have sirens back then. Maybe hand crank sirens or something. Yeah. I don't know how they mm. yeah. brung them up. Come on, woo! Yeah, like I've wooed them in before, but 
God damn, you smoke cigarettes, it hurts your fucking ass. <laughs> <laughs> So you guys... Would, Maybe worse shit the next day. You guys uh, essentially siren in everything yeah. down there in West Texas and all that. Yeah, the siren's a good deal. Whoever come up, firefighters... I never mess with them. They'd always just see yeah. it. I guess it wasn't a big enough place. Yeah, the siren deal is cool. But man, it was crazy down there. Like I would hit the siren for like 30 minutes or an hour sometimes where they all came in. Wow. Mm. They're just not a... They're not very clicky down there. They spread out down there. I guess the brush, you know, and they spread well, out. Well, they got to probably fight for resources. So yeah, they're picking around at beans. They got to spread out. Climb grass or fucking whatever else they can find down there. But yeah, it would take a little while to siren in them. But like, once you get like, we went through all the cattle and kept all the broke, you know, the siren broke kind of cattle. And it was uh, I had a Mexican down there. His name was uh, uh, Juan Carlos. This guy could fucking count like I never seen. Like he would ride on the back of the tailgate. It was kind of funny because he'd ride on the back of the tailgate and he'd be counting off the back of the tailgate. And I'm like, God damn, he's scaring the shit out of him. You know, you're running him off on the uh, back, you know, but kind of got him broke. Kind of like, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty cool though. Like he was a counting some bitch. They called him the, uh, the, the, one of the other Mexicans called him the octopus. I don't, I don't know why they called him the octopus, but that's what they kind called him. Kind of like him. he had eight arms to count yeah, off of. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, went to, I went with him one time to a, to a bar, and uh, I used to carry this case knife. It was a little pink case knife about this big. It was real little. little it was good. Deal? Yeah, it was good for, like, cutting hay string or just some bullshit and go in this Mexican restaurant, or not a restaurant, but a bar, and the guy asked me in Spanish if I had a knife, so I fucking pulled it out, and he turns and looks at me and looks at me, and he's like, he tells me just to keep it. Yeah, so, so, <laughs> like, so you don't have enough. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so uh, yeah. I learned a lot from them. A lot about cooking. Uh, fuck, man, they cooked rattlesnake. Killed a lot of rattlesnakes. Mm. Fried it. They cooked fucking everything. That's I, bizarre. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's really cool that you got to see sort of that yeah that experience. A little bit of old world. Here. Yeah, it was well, awesome. Well, you get to see them board that 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 uh, confluence of the two borders, uh-huh. sort of. Yeah. The, what bled into who and where? Yeah, and that a lot of them, uh, a majority of them that were there had been there a long time. Like Joaquin, he'd been there a long time. He's seventy something years old. Yeah, he had two bad hips and uh, two bad hips, and uh, I guess he'd. Uh, I guess he was a really good cowboy back in the day, and his horse had stepped in a uh, stepped in an ant hole one time and went in over in and messed his hips up or Oof. something. So, like he kind of took over all the farming over there. Mm. And uh, he was kind of in charge of all the farming, but this guy could find an arrowhead like, just had an eye like for he it. could go out here in the your yard and probably find something. Like he was just Damn. a lucky, yeah. Like we'd yeah, be we'd be driving mean. feeding, and he'd be like, "Whoa!" And I'd stop the truck, and like he'd go in the brush and come back out with a shed horn. Like, yeah, that's some guys. They'd always mm, there's yeah. the guys that had the eye for the shed. Yeah, just too. like they just shit. know. I don't know. Their brain is just yeah. wired to look for those things. Those cool deal. Irregularities. Yeah. It's. You got to think when when Mexico started sort of thinking as Texas as a separate entity, mm-hmm. which I don't know if they if they do or when they did really even think of it that way. Especially if you're agriculturally just looking at like rivers and and just thinking by the way the land lies, you wouldn't really think who belongs where. You're yeah. like this is land. I'm used to this land, that land because I mean, what was it, forty eight that it even became part of the state. Yeah. So it's it's two people ago mm-hmm. that uh it even became an issue yeah. in terms of mexicans being in texas and yeah. running land here yeah and they were trading they were trading with you know the comanches and the americans everybody and, and everybody anybody want to trade yeah they were the neutral they mm-hmm. were kind of the neutral group mm-hmm. yeah. really 
Yeah. You know? So you think like your your guy on that ranch, like his his dad may have not even known it to be anybody's land, but his, like his. Yeah. It, it, yeah. it didn't really matter what flag it was under. It was just, they made a living off of this, and that was yeah, it. Yeah, they, they were super respectful, man. I remember like <laughs> the first couple of days I was there, I was like, I was kind of just getting on my horse every day and going and learning the country and learning the roads and learning this and learning that. And I remember coming in one day and I caught a, like booby trapped a small set of cows right there and come over there and was putting my horses up. And, uh, uh, Luis, he was a little closer to my age. He, uh, <clears throat> his dad was there. Luis's dad, his name was Antonio. He worked there and I couldn't figure out who the fuck kept feeding my horses in the morning, but they were fed and in the trap every morning. And uh, then I figured out it was him. And uh, uh, one evening, it was hot as fuck. Like, it was summertime, hotter and shit. Come in that evening, and uh, they were all kind of standing over there. And I could tell they were over there drinking beer, you know. And uh, his dad, Antonio, he kind of spoke up. And he was like, he, he, he really couldn't say Kitty. Or he couldn't say Cody. So he said, hey, Kitty. <laughs> hey, Kitty, you want a beer? And I was like, yeah. So I went over there and had a beer with them, and they're just friends ever since then. And nobody ever really told anybody. Well, that's what I mean. What it's like, like it's law. Like when you live on borders, I feel yeah. like laws don't kind of who's what and where. Yeah, isn't so cut yeah. and dry. Yeah. Like this is it, it, where our water. You know. Yeah, they'd been there way longer than me, so I respected that. Yeah, like, of course. There was, yeah, there was one guy there. His name was Noe, <laughs> and I figured out why his name was Noe. Because he fucking knew everything. <laughs> if you needed to know anything, he knew it. Call him. And he, he, I think he grew up in the United States or in the U.S. So, like, he spoke English really good. So, I could call him for anything. And it was, like, it was pretty refreshing. Yeah, it's interesting. Because, it's like, that's yeah. not that old of a concept yeah. to be like, here's a line. This yeah. belongs to this whole thing. Yeah. 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 It was cool. Good experience. You'll figure out who you are. Yeah. Yeah. That's so. person. Yeah. So, Talk about what you're doing now. I mean, you know, we already talked about you, you building buckles and spurs no, and all that, man, but that's, that's a small part of what yeah, you're doing. Just building buckles, been building spurs and anything. Uh, actually, the guy that showed me how to do spurs, I've been helping him a couple of days a week build some saddles. Uh, I'm trying to learn my way around saddles a little bit. Uh, I feel like those uh, those traits and those people that do those kind of things are dying out. Mm -hmm. So... I want to learn it. <laughs> yeah, for it's sure. Fascinating with me. Like, don't get me wrong, the money's good and the money's nice, but uh, I want to learn how to do this. But then I start, when we're building saddles and stuff, I'll be looking at stuff and I'm like, who the fuck came up with this? Like, how are you just a guy sitting there thinking, all right, I'm going to run this thread through this and tie this this way and that way and put this leather over this leather to make this a set of swells or a horn or anything like saddle. The people don't realize what goes into saddle making. You fucking. It's a lot. I smoke a lot of cigarettes during the week. <laughs> <laughs> the guys that do do yeah. it one man. I mean, it's a month per saddle. Oh, yeah. And that's if you're at yeah. a really good level. Yeah. And we're cranking them out. We're kind of Chinese sweatshop. So shout out to the Chinese people. <laughs> 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 but. But you, uh, tell us about uh, what, what you're doing with, like, Pickett. Uh, yeah, I've been, I've helped, uh, me and Colin have been friends for a long time. Pickett Rodeo, that Pickett is. Pro Rodeo. Guy has a lot of good horses and has a hell of a breeding program. Uh, he's really humble. He doesn't talk a whole lot. You'd be good to get him on the phone. 
Uh, yeah, helped him a lot. Uh, learned a lot about a bucking horse. I was never really a horse guy. I would consider myself a bull guy, but uh, liked being around the horses. You learn them real quick. They all got different personalities. Uh, man, his horses are so smart. Uh, it's how, unbelievable. How did you get? How did you get in with him? Uh, man, I met Colin a long time ago. He's about the same age or a little bit younger. I don't know, somewhere around the same age as me. And uh, we used to go to a practice pen and get on some bulls. And uh, supposedly there was going to be a bunch of guys come out there and get on a bunch of bulls one night. So me and some buddies went out there and. Long story short, uh, Cullen and his dad pulled up with a 36-foot full of fucking some ranch-raised brentles that were scarier than hell. And uh, when it came down to it, there was only me and two other guys to get on this whole 36-foot <laughs> full of bulls. Oh, man. So uh, we started getting on them. A lot of uh, – he kind of had some bodacious sons. That was back when bodacious was popular and everybody was breeding every cow in the countryside to him. Mm-hmm. So – Got on a lot of those, uh, just kind of, I mean, he was out there helping, like he was out there kind of fighting bulls, uh, looking out for us, you know, and we were helping him, he was helping us, and kind of become friends with him there, and then later on in life, he kind of called me and was like, hey, you want to come help me at a rodeo? Like, yeah, sure, it's kind of like day working, whatever, yeah. Went and helped him at a pro rodeo, and then uh, really went to helping him. <laughs> so, good guy. Uh, humble person like uh lets his horses do his talking for him so kind of great breeding program crazy started from a guy jim zinzer a long time ago mm-hmm. way way back in the day and uh yeah yep. my mom talks about jim all yeah the time. zinzer they, they and it's crazy because uh they said the horses back then were like really really wild and now they're like really really gentle mm-hmm. so it's kind of like I guess they you, all buck yeah yeah uh, less flank the better on a lot of his. Really? Yeah, they don't take a whole lot of flank. They'll damn sure know when you got too much. They'll, they won't. They'll kind of hop around. Mm. But uh, yeah, the less the better, and it's a pretty cool breeding program. It's pretty cool to watch it grow, you know. And uh, so what? What? What exactly are you doing for them? Uh, anything. <laughs> I can do. Do you little... live on their place? No, or? no, no, no. I live so. Uh, I live about an hour and fifteen minutes from them. Uh, pretty much like. He would just he would just call and be like, "Hey, do you want to go here this weekend?" But he he never makes it like a job. Mm. He just calls and kind of, are, are you are you hauling them there and doing everything? Yeah, yeah. Like he this last summer, I went everywhere, did yeah. a lot of shit, went everywhere. Good time. Don't get me wrong, but uh, I like rodeo, but gosh damn, it's hard on you. Yeah, where you out? You're yeah. out late. You're, yes. you're up early. Yep. You're feeding at fucking two in the morning, and you're feeding at five in the morning. Yeah. And I want to get there and feed before everybody because uh, it's just like you. You wouldn't want to go in here and eat in here in your kitchen and 30 people in there fucking staring at you, watching you eat. Right, yeah. So I kind of think that about those horses, so I would do the same thing. You know, not a lot of people around go feed real early. Everybody always thought, God damn, is he going to come feed? Well, fuck, I already been there. I already did. I'm it. already having coffee and breakfast, maybe thinking about lunch. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to take a break this year. <laughs> yeah. Yo. I got a lot of other things I want to yeah. do. I mean. But you're at all. That, that's what's cool, though, about it. It's like you're 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 behind the shoots at all these oh, major yeah. rodeos. And yeah. The NFR and all oh, of that. Oh, I, I love rodeo. It's like. 
it's kind of like there i've had some people ask me like what's rodeo like and i'm like hey i've never done crack but i know what it's like <laughs> like it, you're addicted to it it's yeah don't get me wrong i'll take a break from it for a little while but you'll man, be back i'll be back in some type of way like i just can't you can't stay away from it mm-hmm. so it's kind of what i'm doing i'm just gonna do a lot of uh i'm gonna do a lot of traveling this year and uh yeah build a lot of silver stuff what kind of traveling anywhere just hit the just road. To yeah. See a place without having to yeah. feed something. Yeah, just somewhere and not have a uh, not have a reason to be there. Not have a responsibility. Yes. Yeah, if yeah. I want to sleep till seven thirty in the morning, then I'll do that. <laughs> I, get up, I, I get up really early. Like I'll wake up at four and be bright eyed, bushy tail, ready to that's funny. Do that's, something. That's a cowboy thing so, to do, be up just, early. Yeah, I think that cutting horse deal growing up that way, waking up at two in the morning kinda give me that mindset. And when I wake up there's no going back to sleep. I'm yeah. Up. Mm-hmm. Like this morning, uh, Maddie got up this morning at 6.30 or 6.45, 7 or something to go. She went to the bathroom and woke me up. So I was up the rest of the time, and she slept till 9. Right. So yeah. it's kind of one of those deals, just that kind of mentality. Once my brain wakes up, I start thinking yeah. about yeah. everything. That's how I am, but uh, – it's eight thirty and on. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I, I, I wake up at eight thirty if my alarm's on at mm-hmm. nine or whatever. But I ain't getting up at no four thirty, five thirty. My, yeah, I will wake up early, but I'll stay up till two o'clock in the morning too, every night. See, that's me. I'll, I'm my I'll, mind just gets to rolling, yeah. and everything I'm thinking about is coming mm-hmm. out right then. So, so when I ran into into you mm-hmm. and and Uvalde at that bullfight and like what were you doing there you were hauling bulls uh, or something like I that I think the first time I ran into you was at uh Marion down there Well we met I up, was going to Helotus We we met up at 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 Marion Yeah cuz you were you were uh taking stock to the San Antonio rodeo Yeah and yeah you were to, keeping uh, them at Vicks Yeah Helotus I was going to Helotus for that, Sammy Oh that's right for Sammy Andrews at Helotus and I mm-hmm. went down there the night before me and you had lunch all that and then in Uvalde, we were at the Extreme Bulls down there. That's the Extreme yep. Bulls. So yep. who were you hauling stuff for uh, then? Connor Reagan. Uh, Pete Carr had some stuff there. Like They took some stuff down there. Like They were just like, hey, blah, blah, blah. You want to come down here and help? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, yeah, I just go down there and help and uh, buck some bulls and help everybody in the back and just make the shit happen. So you just kind of – a lot of people just – Kind of got you oh, in their I get phone ran- book. Yeah, random phone calls. I got people like, oh, you know, I, I, some, somebody said it best. Like, you have a lot of, uh, you have a lot of friends in rodeo, but uh, you can count your true friends on in rodeo on one hand. Yeah. So, uh-huh. yeah. Like, Sounds you, like a good deal. Yeah. Like in terms of like, you're a lot of good people's first mm-hmm. phone call. Yeah. And, but you don't work for anybody. Yeah, they might That's call you and be perfect. like, hey, we got this deal this weekend. You know it's going to pay this or pay yeah. that. And I'm like, fuck, I ain't got That's the way to be because yeah. you, you, you don't limit Let's your go. opportunity that yeah. way. Yeah, it's a good yeah. deal. I just live free. Free, <laughs> free, free roam around. Like an eagle. Just do whatever. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's nice. That's the thing is like, you you know, you see these these guys that are back there, you know, pushing calves into the shoots at a rodeo and they're 70 years old and it, i, no, I I'm, I'm, I'm thinking to myself i'm like man well they you know that's what, rough what a life what a life yeah. you yeah. know staying yeah. at the motel six that weekend yeah yeah it's like driving the peterbilt to yeah. the next one but i mean a, a guy like, like a cody is just invaluable somebody that's <laughs> sort of knows the game knows the has their own system that you abide like 
somebody to take a hold of something and make it their own and not have to like be on the payroll all the time, but also isn't like Mr. Hang around the shoots and Mr. Hang out late and all that good stuff. I mean, yeah, it's you invaluable know, to meet people who are willing to take it on and make it their own without having to hire them on full time. Yeah, you. It's fun. You, you you're good at you're good at you don't mean to, but you're good at at uh, adding value to yourself. Yeah, mm. yeah. That's you, a good way you're to put not it. shooting for it, but you just work. That's how it is with with it. with your metal work and stuff. It's it, that's how I see it. It's like, you know, just how I was talking about at the beginning of this podcast is like the slight imperfections. In a way, it's like you don't know it, but just how you do things is 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 adding value in ways that you don't even understand yeah, but, other, really but other but other people do yeah you know yeah you're there uh <clears throat> and i've thought about that too you don't really know how valuable you are till you're there sometimes and then you're like damn who would be doing this you know you gotta right. look around like yeah who would be loading all these bulls? But you're the one looking yeah, around to yeah, see what needs yeah, done to yeah. know that you add yeah. value. Yeah, a lot of yeah. people ain't looking around. Yeah, they're just like, I don't get don't... paid for that. Fuck that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, that's the deal. I guess I just enjoy doing it. I mean, it's kind of one of those deals. If you're good at it, you're good at it, and if you like to do it, you well, like I think to you'd be it, good you know? at anything that you yeah. wanted to do. Yeah, you, I think that's a di- like. There's a lot of people that you got to have aren't. a mindset. Yeah, yeah. Some people are scared to jump outside the box or get in the middle of it. Yeah. You gotta. I think if you're gonna learn anything or do anything or be good at anything, you gotta do that. And that also means you can't just do the minimum. Yeah. You're, you're not gonna get good by just doing what you need to do to get by or doing the standard. Yeah. You gotta go above and you beyond. You gotta branch out and try hard and uh, be the best you can be at it. Yeah, hundred percent. I think so. Cody, it's been good, man. It's been a good time. We need to go it's find where your where your girlfriend's at. Oh, I'm not worried that she's <laughs> thrift shopping. She's thrift shop. There's she's, so much good stuff. I yeah. pointed to her a bunch of good places. She's looking here. for the next checkered pair of pants. Uh, <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what, those checkered pair of pants look hey, good on her though, man. Fuck, it got me. <laughs> <laughs> got me good. Oh shoot, man. Well, thanks for coming on. Hey, you and bet. Thanks yeah. for having me. I was uh, privileged to bring you a buckle, something cool. Yes, sir. I mean, I was, I'm privileged to have it. You'll like be married. Said. You'll be married in two weeks. <laughs> that is a good luck chuck That's a buckle, good luck chuck buckle. <laughs> all right man we'll catch hey. you soon yes sir thanks Ooh, i felt like we could have went on for days about I know. that's easy though right yeah yeah it was, you hit your stride about oh, 45 man, minutes awesome. in and yeah